Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier. Welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. Welcome to the show. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thanks for making us part of your day. show is brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries, the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport culture and recreation groups in the province. I'm Michael Ball. That's my producer co Sean Kleisinger. And we are uh, ready to talk some sports. Are you? we got a couple of spots open where we could uh, chat with you. I'm going to try to leave one or two spots in a day open, see if people call in. Uh, I've had some haters on Twitter. On Facebook, I've asked them, hey, why don't you come on and do the real social media? Yeah, come on. Come the on. original social media is radio. Let's talk. Let's, let's wrestle. Come let's on. talk like human beings. You talk about what you like or don't like about the different sports topics, and then why don't you talk about what you don't or don't like or don't like about the show? 936-6262 locally. Uh, toll free out of town, 1-866-767-0620. Our text line is also 936-6262, and it's powered by Capital Ford Lincoln. Just We got a call already, but just before we get to that, let's get to uh, some of the stories of the day. The Oilers have traded Jesse Pugliarvi to the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for forward Patrick Puistola, I think is how you say it. Puliarvi has five goals and 14 points in 58 games this season. Embarrassing uh, when he uh, played a lot of the, the season with McDavid. He could have 20 tappins in his sleep, but embarrassing. Some guy's like, oh, what a silly move from the Oilers. What a great move from Carolina. You, you were kidding? talking about trading Jesse Puliarvi for how long now? Are you kidding Years. me? That is not a silly move from the Oilers. The silly move was taking him over Matthew Kachuk back in the day. That guy's lucky to be in the NHL, so he's on Carolina now. Uh, there was also another trade in the NHL. We saw the Washington Capitals get forward Marcus Johansson. Sorry, they sent forward Marcus Johansson to the Minnesota Wild in exchange for a 2024 third round pick. How about Patrick Kane? Looks like he's headed to the Big Apple. New York Rangers have a trade lined up. Yeah, for that's Mr. not a done, that's Kane. not a done deal. That yeah, yet, it's, not, it's not a done deal. Not but done. Elliot Freeman, what when yeah. Elliot Freeman says, you know, it's yeah. more than likely going to happen. Yeah, got so, a frog in my throat. Yeah, kicking get, off the show. Yeah, get rid of that there. So yeah, that that is interesting. I think the Oilers' salary dump is probably going to lead them to get a trade. Yeah, for they Chikrin. three million dollars. Yeah, Chickering or Carlson. Listen. Here's how perception is everything and facts are negotiable. Yessi Pugliarvi has played in 58 games. He has five goals and nine assists. His, uh, his, uh, so that's what he's got. Tanner Janot has played in 57 games. He's also got five goals and nine assists. And he's got, um, his uh, shot production is 5.7%. Uh, for Pugliarvi, it's 5.8%. Janot got, they got five draft picks, Nashville, for the Saskatchewan kid, Janot, from Tampa, including a first rounder. 
The Oilers traded Pooley Arvey to Carolina for some no-namer. That's the <laughs> perceptions, everything, and facts are negotiable. This guy's I will a prospect. Say, I think he's playing in Finland right now, this, uh, what's his name? Whatever his name is. Oh, that guy? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Pooley Arvey, $3 million, Juno, 800000 Pistola. Pistola, whatever you, whatever. whatever you said, yeah, whatever. Exactly. Next Wayne Gretzky. Exactly, exactly. Not really. Uh, uh, elsewhere in the world of sports, uh, we will tell you that um, the Regina Pats have three and three nights starting on Friday. Some good tickets for that Friday game, nationally televised game. Oh you can listen God. to it right here on six twenty CKRM. Cool. Playing the uh, Winnipeg Ice, three and three nights. We will be there live on location for that one. Hey, uh, the uh, numbers are out for the XFL. St. Louis Seattle game on FX. Did five hundred and fifty-three thousand. DC and Vegas did six hundred and five thousand combined with uh, FX, ESPN, and Deportes. Uh, Orlando, Ooh, like San that. Antonio, ESPN did seven hundred eighty-one thousand. Arlington and Houston, ESPN two six hundred seventy-eight thousand viewers. Zinger. The CFL gets these numbers or better in a country ten times smaller. Yeah, but according to the XFL, they Dude. sent out a tweet today. They yeah. said XFL yeah. continues to grow. They said, "Welcome Vegas and Orlando, thirty-seven thousand six hundred twenty-five average points per game." And then they go on to say three hundred fifteen million plus video views for uh, over the weekend. And yeah. then they go on to say St. Louis Lower Bowl sold out coming up this weekend. They're trying to hang on to any kind of thread they have. Baldy. That's true. Hey, do we still? Have our caller there? Yeah, it's John, actually. He oh. wants to talk about the NHL trade deadline. Okay, John, go ahead, man. Hey, Bulgy, the, the Laughs just made another uh, trade. I just heard it there. They traded uh, Rasmus Sandin to the Washington Capitals for Eric Gustafson, oh. Boston's first-round pick. So they're loading up. They are loading up. They're going to lose in the first round. Yeah, well, I, don't, I don't know if they'll <laughs> lose in the first round, but I watched the Boston. They will. Their goaltending sucks. Murray's a bum. Well, that's Samson true. A, a funnel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but whether they get past the first round or not, they're not going to get by Boston. Boston looks great. I'll tell you what. Whoever wins the West has a very good chance to win the Stanley Cup because those Eastern teams are going to beat each other up. They do, and your Oilers are close to getting Chikrin. Well, they better get somebody. They need somebody on defense. They absolutely do. I, I know there was talk of Patrick Kane, but I, the Oilers can score goals. Can they keep them out of their net? But tell you what, John. John, be honest here. Now, I'm biased. I was a Gretzky guy. Do you not agree Connor McDavid is the greatest offensive hockey player we've ever seen in our lifetime? Well, Baldy, I don't know. If, if he can get the, the two or three 200-point seasons like Gretzky had. Yeah, but, but uh, John, 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 John. Back in the day, they were wearing Sears catalogs on their shins for Pencils. goalie pads. Yeah, they Pencils. were not. Like, listen, I love Gretzky. And era to era, like you only compare the guys in their era. And Gretzky's the GOAT. That's not what I'm saying. Gretzky's the most important figure in hockey. We wouldn't have all these sunbelt teams and everything like that. Gretzky is. But I don't think we've ever seen a player like Connor McDavid. No, we haven't. You know, a guy can, and I love Guy Lafleur. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't. No, that's John's guy, Guy Lafleur. I wasn't a Habs guy, but Guy Lafleur, he could fly with the puck, but he couldn't do what McDavid does. Like McDavid at full speed is unbelievable. No, you're right. Uh, back then, you know, they weren't uh, advanced like they are today. But Lafleur in his day was the McDavid of his era. Mm, he was. So, uh, so who do you got right now? John, the Habs fan, who do you got in the Stanley Cup? Well, I'm going to take the New York Rangers in the East. Mm-hmm. 
against your Oilers in the West. Ah, that'd be a beauty. Oh. I'm all for it, John. Uh, by the way, talk to Don Hewitt, the other Habs fan. He wants to break bread with you, so I'll line that up soon. Okay, man? I lost you there. I couldn't hear I you. I said Don Hewitt wants to break bread with you. We'll line that up soon then, okay? We lost him. John is... Okay. John, John, he's stunned. He's yeah, like, I yeah. get to go to lunch with Don? Yo, he doesn't even know. Yeah, John, John has been begging for me to <laughs> set him up with the other Habs fan, Don Hewitt, and talk some... Uh, I think some he might have talk. fainted. He did something to John the Habs fan with probably, that news. Probably fainted. Uh, coming up here on the other side of the break, we are going to chat with... Uh, Matthew Gallant. If that name rings a bell to CKRM listeners, the older ones, uh, you'll know who I'm talking about. Otherwise, we'll fill you in on the other side. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM for our friends at Saskatchewan Lotteries. The voice of Saskatchewan is 620 CKRM. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Hey, you could be like John the Habs fan and call in 936-6262. We're happy to talk sports with you. Uh, some NFL news. Looks like the Bears are really interested in trading the number one overall pick. They're going to keep Justin Fields at quarterback and trade him. They have had a lot of a trade partners inquire about that first overall pick. Commanders, of course, cu- uh, cut Carson Wentz. This is now the third straight year. Team has cut ties with him. He'll probably land a good backup job somewhere, but his time as a starter likely done for now out in Washington. Tom Brady reportedly wants to try to be a stand-up comic. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Uh, he wants to get people to laugh by doing something other than wearing Ugg boots. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I see you now. Cleveland Browns owner Jimmy and D. Haslam are buying a stake in the Milwaukee Bucks for $3.5 billion with a B. Evidently, the Haslams aren't satisfied completely embarrassing a team in one major sport. Yeah, stay away from my franchise, I was, man. I was wondering Come about on, that. Man. I was wondering about that, yeah. Um, and uh, What's Mark Lazary doing selling a team? Like, does, we're does, the best team in the world. Does Aaron Rodgers still own yeah, a part of the Bucks? Like... 0.51% or something like that. He still owns them. <laughs> At least what that means is he uh, gets expensive courtside seats. Basically. And all the gear he, he wants. He owns like one little slit of <laughs> wood on the court. Hey, it's a, hey, he's like you, a, a Packer shareholder. That's right. Hey, uh, this guy here is a young defenseman for the Moose Jaw Warriors. Now, his dad was a longtime voice for the Regina Pats. Kevin Gallant. In fact, I think I think he called or referred to the Moose Jaw Warriors as Mickey Mouse back in the day. Oh. Kind of like, remember when Gretzky oh. did that to the Devils? Yeah. And now Matthew yeah. Gallant plays in pot. Moose Jaw with the Warriors, and he joins us on the Western Pizza Hotline. How are you today, Matthew? I'm good. How are you? Good. Your dad told me you were nervous. I don't think your dad has ever been nervous a day of his life <laughs> on the air. Did he give you any pointers before he came on here? Uh, no, not really. He kind of just said be yourself. So Yeah. yeah. So uh, you've obviously heard of the tie-in between your dad and the Pats and the, and the Moose Jaw Warriors. Do you, anybody bring that up to you in kind of like a joking way? Uh, just James, the, the voice of our team, right? Yeah. Uh, he kind of brings it up a lot to me about um, my dad being the voice of the Pats, uh, creating a rivalry, right? Yeah. It's kind of exciting. Yeah. Does your dad ever fill you in on any of the stories? Does he have any good stories, Moose Jaw Regina stories? Uh, well, 
he told me that the Moose Jaw mascot after a game got beaten at a bar. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, some crazy stuff between these two teams, obviously. like That is funny, man. How do you like playing in this rivalry, the Moose Jaw-Regina rivalry? Just in general, from Matthew Gallant's standpoint, it is one of the best rivalries in any level of sports. I mean, you got Hilltops Rams, you have Huskies Rams, you have Thunder Hilltops, you got, uh, you know, Leafs Habs, uh, the list goes on, Riders Bombers. This is a pretty good one, Moose Jaw Regina. Yeah, I, I mean, it's pretty exciting, right? Uh, alongside uh, just us two teams um, being really close to, to each other, uh, we also got two top draft picks in this upcoming NHL draft with Jaeger and uh, Bedsy. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we sell out the stadium pretty good when uh, they come here and then when we go there, right? So, yeah, what's it, what's it like lining up against, you called them Bedsy, what's it What's it like lining up against uh, 98? I know you got, you talked about Jaeger, he's a great player, but you don't play against him. What's it like to go against Bedard? Uh, yeah, he's one of those guys where you just got to keep an eye on him, right? You, can, um, you can't take your eye off him on the ice or... Uh, you're gonna miss something. Uh, he's sneaky. He's sneaky. Uh, he sneaks in behind the defense. So yeah, mm. he's a good player. And yeah, besides besides Moose Jaw, what's your favorite rink to play in? It's gotta be gotta be the Brant Center, honestly. Yeah. Home, hometown hometown game. Yeah. Uh, gets filled up, right? The atmosphere is unreal. So mm. what's it like? To have your parents, like your dad and mom and everybody, you're, you're BC-based, what's it like uh, to have your dad close to home now as he's moved back to Regina, the, the family's moved back to Regina? Yeah, it's cool having um base nearby, right? Uh, go, out, go out there on off days. Uh, you Usually last year they had come to a couple of games, but now I see them regularly. So, mm-hmm. Do you go home for, do you go home, for uh, home cooking or what? No, my billets are unreal at cooking, right? So, oh. so I kind of just stay here. <laughs> <laughs> so your dad sucks. Your dad sucks. Your dad sucks at cooking, or what? Well, he's not terrible, but I'm just saying, my billets got some pretty good, um, pretty good recipes. That's good. What 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 are your billets' names? Let's give them a shout out. Uh, Dustin and Lisa. Okay. Shout out to Dustin and Lisa. Teddy piece. So so, what's that like? What you know? You you. you you kind of have surrogate parents, for lack of a better way of putting it. How, how awkward is something like that at the start? What, what is that like? Uh, it's a, it's a, obviously it takes getting used to them, right? You can't just expect to move in there and everything to be normal. Uh, uh, you got to gain their trust, and uh, it's pretty cool that uh, they make you meals and everything like that and make mm. sure you're all right. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of cool for you, for a young guy, to to live away from home, but not that far from home. Like you said, you're only 45, 50 minutes away. You wanna you wanna pop home and see your mom and dad. You can. They can pop in and see you at any time, right? Yeah, that's how that's how it kind of works on days off. So mm-hmm. now I heard you like to go read to the kids at your dad's old school. Tell me about that. Your dad, your dad, obviously a moose jaw guy. That's kind of interesting. A moose jaw guy broadcasts the Pats. His son's playing for moose jaw. It's a nice tie in there. <laughs> Talk about reading at your dad's old elementary school. Yeah, for him, when I told him that, definitely brought back some memories for him. Right, he he went to St. Michael's about like. 50 years ago or something like that, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, just a tiny school of moose shots. Cool to see the kids too. Like they, they go crazy for us, right? Uh, they're all asking for autographs, and it's pretty cool. So. Who did you? You're still a young guy. It's not like you're a grizzled vet. By the way, uh, you're you're the first you're the first gallant to read in that school because your dad couldn't. <laughs> you tell him. You tell him I said that. Yay! Your dad. Your dad's a broadcast. <laughs> your dad's a broadcast legend. Pat's Calgary Stampeders had a chance to be the voice yeah. of the Philadelphia Flyers. He's actually one of the uh, funny story with me. In your dad we used to do a thing called the junior broadcaster here on ccarum and i applied to be the junior broadcaster and he made an announcement that i would be the next junior broadcaster against i think it was the calgary wranglers back in the day and i got sick and could never be in the booth with your dad so that was a high and a low at the same time revolving revolving around your dad hey you just played your 100th game what does that mean to you oh yeah definitely means a lot to me right uh i'm proud of it obviously and uh it's just a huge honor for me, and I thank uh, the Warriors for taking a chance on me. As I like, I came into camp and I made the team. Mm-hmm. wasn't drafted or anything like that, so it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Just to know I'm playing 100 games in this league. Yeah, and you've played a lot with uh, lately with Denton Matejchuk. Tell me how he's helped your game. Oh yeah, dude, he's he's a great guy. Um, he's a great uh, young defenseman too. He can move the puck well. Uh, I think we, me and him both can skate pretty well, right? So we can get ourselves out of uh, sticky situations, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, take more chances. So definitely it's been been a lot easier to play with him than yeah. anyone else, right? Right? Like, he's yeah. just really good. He's that good. Have you dropped the mitts yet? Your life easier. Have you dropped the Have mitts I? yet? No, but uh, I, think I, I think I got it soon. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Are you, okay, but do you do you get any peer pressure to drop the mitts? Anybody anybody saying, "Hey, come on, Galan, it's time to drop the mitts." Uh my buddy Tate Schofer, uh he's from Red Regina too, right? Yeah. So he, twenty bucks. <laughs> twenty bucks, my fight. Wait, wait, wait a minute. I, Say, think it's worth it. I cut you. I cut you off. Sorry. He he bet you twenty bucks, or he's going to give you twenty bucks if you fight. Yeah, he'll give me twenty bucks for my fight. And I don't think it's worth it though. Are you kidding me? No way, not a concussion. You you want to have some <laughs> teeth? You want to have some teeth to eat that billet exactly. supper that you're talking about there? Uh, hey, yeah, uh, dude, I need that. Ma- Matthew, uh, tell me what is uh, the best part of your game, Matthew Gallant? Uh, I would say Matthew Gallant is a, a skater. He can move the puck well. Uh, I think I I'm strong on my feet. I can use my edges. I like to I like to skate the puck too. Uh, yeah. Is is there something in your game, Matthew, that you want to kind of fine tune as we go down the backstretch here and into the playoffs? I think it's uh, having um, a better position, better positioning, right? Not getting beat, not getting caught up in the play. Obviously, like I got feet, I can recover pretty well, but just not even having that, giving them that opportunity to beat me. Uh, also. Picking a corner too. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Picking a corner when I shoot. Oh, when picking shoot. a corner when you shoot. But so, what do you do? You get caught just closing your eyes and just shooting the puck, or what? No, I just look at the chest, and that's kind of where I shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, here, here's two more questions to, uh, for you. You talked about um, you talked about your uh, your your dad, or uh, sorry, you talked about going to your dad's school and kids looking up to you. Who did you look up to? Um, yeah, as a young um, Matthew, um, I'd say 
I looked up to Kale McCarr for sure. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's he's some um, someone I try to model my game after, uh, skating wise. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he has a really good shot, right? And I need to work on that. But mm-hmm. I think I got really good edges. I think I can skate well. I can skate with a lot of guys, and uh, yeah. So just shooting that shot would be like the key, I think. And lastly, does Dad give you the fourth period after the game? Like, does he sit down and say, "Hey, you should have done this, should have done that," or is he just going watch as a as a dad now? He he, he gives me the fourth and the fifth period. <laughs> A little more than just the fourth period. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, Matthew, thanks yeah. for taking time out of your schedule. I know you're a little yeah, nervous, you, but you did a great job. Uh, uh, we can uh, we'll continue to watch you, and uh, who knows, Pat's Warriors playoffs might happen. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's Matthew Gallant, the son of Kevin Gallant, former Regina Pats broadcaster and uh, Calgary Stampeders broadcaster. So it's great to uh, hear from him. You want to uh, text us, you can, 936-6262. It's our text line, and it's uh, powered by Capital Ford Lincoln corner of a Rochdale and Pasqua. All our guests, like Matthew Gallant, come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Get it hot, get it fast at Western Pizza. Coming up on the show here after 3.30, we uh, talk a little Cougars track and field, Cougars in the cage, and we'll hear from a Las Vegas columnist, award-winning writer, uh, Steve Carp, talking XFL, talking Raiders. He even went to the Riders uh uh, you watched the Riders play in the CFL there okay. against the posse, the posse back in the day. Yeah, Lots to go on this show. It's the Sports Cage. It's brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620 CKRM. Sports ticker at 3.30 is for Bracco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right. Just give them a call at 781-2090. NHL trade deadline is looming, and according to Elliot Friedman, Patrick Kane of the Chicago Blackhawks will be headed to the New York Rangers. So nothing official yet, but the word is out there. The Edmonton Oilers, this one is official, have finally moved on from Jesse Pugliarvi, trading him to the Carolina Hurricanes for prospect Patrick Pistola. The Oilers are not retaining any salary on Yessi Pugliarvi's deal, so they've cleared his $3 million off the books for a further move. Time now for Cougars in the Cage. A weekly look at the sporting scene of the University of Regina. Well, the U of R Cougars track and field teams competed in the CanWest Championships hosted by the U of S last weekend. The Cougars took fourth place in the men's side with a total of 83 points and seven medals. On the women's side, Jolie Welburn won the lone gold medal of the meet for the ladies, claiming first place in the long jump. She won a pair of medals overall, huge personal best effort of 6.16 meters with that uh, gold medal winning long jump, and added a silver in the 60 meter hurdles at 8.5 seconds. Wellburn scored 18 of the ladies' 66 points, the highest total of any U of R athlete. The Cougars will now prepare for the 2023 U Sports Championships, also held in Saskatoon. The national meet goes down March 9th through the 11th. This has been Cougars in the Cage. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the Sports Cage, right here on the Mighty 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage, and we're happy you're along for the ride. Our uh, numbers to call 936-6262 locally. 
1-866-767-0620. Our text line also 936-6262, powered by Capital Ford Lincoln. Got a busy show lined up. We got Steve Carp ready now on the Western Pizza Hotline. And Steve Carp is a, a great columnist and journalist out of Las Vegas, Nevada. That's right. Uh, for the Sporting Tribune. And he's been doing it for a long time and won many awards. Thanks for joining us, Steve. I appreciate it. Pleasure to be with you. Thanks. And also a friend of Kevin Glant. He uh, sent me on this guy's yeah, path. We go, we go back to the Thunder days of the IHL. And I, Way back. So you've, so you've been around. Hey, he's a great guy, and you've been around for a long time. We just had a son, Matthew, on the show. So you were at this uh, rebirth, reboot, 3.0 in Vegas. What did you think? Not much. <laughs> it, it was... Uh, it, it didn't uh, quite meet my expectations, either in the quality of football, certainly the facility that the Vipers are playing in is the worst in the league. The field was atrocious. I, would, I wouldn't call it a cow pasture because that would be a slight on cow pastures. But it was arguably probably the worst field I've ever seen uh, at Casting Field in the what, 35 years I've lived here, but uh, this this team in this league's got to play better offensively if it's going to make it. I mean, I think only one team has scored more than 30 points so far in the first two weeks. I think mm-hmm. someone scored 30 over the weekend, but beyond that, only one team has managed more than 30 points, and, and I, I just don't think people are going to want to tune in or, or, or go to a stadium to watch that kind of football. It's got to it's going to have more to it than that. Well, you're right, Stephen. The ratings are back uh, for week two, and they've gone down again. So I, 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 I don't know, man. And like you, you described the field to me. I think there were like six thousand fans there. Uh, then they left because the weather was no good. I think in your article you put it uh, correctly uh, that hey, it's supposed to be nice the next game, so you won't have to bring an umbrella or your rain gear. So that's a positive. But like, what, what are they thinking? Putting a product like that on that field. Well, they didn't have many options. They, they, you know, you could argue they really shouldn't even have been in Las Vegas as a market because now that Vegas has the Raiders and obviously with the Golden Knights, this is a major league sports city. And yes, I know the U, the XFL is in other NFL markets, Seattle, Houston, and stuff, but they're playing in much better facilities for people who are more in tune to wanting to go watch that level of football than here in Vegas. We've had every we've had every football league known to man that's come here. We even had lingerie football, for God's sake. All right, where women were running around like the housewives of uh, Beverly Hills. Yeah. And I mean, at some point you gotta say to yourself, can this market really support what we're trying to do? And yet here they are, the XFL 3.0. They're determined to think that they're going to recreate what happened in 2001 when they had the Las Vegas Outlaws playing at Sam Boyd Stadium, a legit football facility that was a pretty good team for a while. And then it kind of tailed off and it had a few characters and some decent players. Uh, this team has a few good players. And it has a coach we know of, and Rod Woodson. So 
I, I guess let's see what happens over the weeks ahead. The people I talked to that went didn't think it was that bad, but they were all disappointed that the offense could only manage six points in a 60-minute game. Yeah. Hey, that's simply not going to get it done. Hey, I'm curious. Did you go to uh, many CFL games when the posse were there? And what did you think of our three-down game? Because, you, like you said, you've had every type of football there. I I liked it. I mean, uh, I actually went on a road trip to Toronto. And, <laughs> and the story behind that was they were playing the Argos at the Sky Dome, but, you know, now Rogers... Uh, Roger Center. Center. Roger Center, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We flew from, I flew on the charter with the team. I was at the Las Vegas Sun then. They flew from Vegas to Wichita, Kansas, went through customs there, which is weird because I hadn't crossed into Canada yet, (laughs) wound up in Hamilton and bust to Toronto. How's that for a roadie? Yeah, planes, trains, and automobiles. Stayed at the Skydome Hotel, which was like the highlight of the trip. And no, there was nobody having sex that we could have seen anyway in the uh, <laughs> hotel rooms. Remember when the Skydome Hotel first opened and this couple yes. were getting it on? I think the Blue Jays were playing Seattle or somebody like that. And yeah. it made national headlines both here and up in Canada. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the CFL was fine, but the problem was you're playing in Las Vegas in the middle of the summer when it's 116 degrees out, it's kind of tough to sit through that. And obviously, as you know, the posse didn't last. They wound up finishing up the season in Edmonton, and and that was that. But uh, while I was here, it was pretty good. It was a lot of fun. They had some good players. Ron Meyer was the coach. and mm-hmm. they, they did some good things. They just... Uh, and draw and and like the first XFL team here, they kind of faded down the stretch and they weren't playing very well at the end. And so mm. the posse had a very short life in the CFL. Hey, Steve Carp, do you think the Vegas Golden Knights are done making deals here? Hell no! Come on, you guys know Kelly McCrimmon. He's mm. a Saskatchewan guy. Mm-hmm. He's not done. Hell no. No, they, they made me the goalie. <laughs> I mean, it was, Laurent Brasson was put on IR this morning. Aiden Hill is it. They've got uh, Michael Hutchinson backing him up. They called up this kid, Isaiah Seville, from their ECHL team in Savannah, Georgia, to back up in Henderson. So, no, they, they may be shopping for a goalie. Maybe it's Cam Talbot in Ottawa. Maybe it's... Oh, somebody! Somebody's got somebody's got somebody's got to rescue that John Gibson in Anaheim. I watched him play. He's a great goalie. Stuck with the Ducks. He is, but the problem is he's he's making six and a half mil for the next four or five years. They got this guy on uh, LTIR in Vegas. You may have heard of him, the snake salesman Robin Leonard. <laughs> yeah, I've heard of him. Yes, I've heard of him. He's making five million. Yeah. Gibson's more expensive for Vegas than, than Robin Leonard. And I don't know how they move Robin Leonard going forward with his financial issues and mm-hmm. his physical issues and not to mention all those mental stuff that we find themselves uh, dealing with. So mm-hmm. they're in a tough spot, you know. I mean, here's the problem in Vegas, all right? 
Logan Thompson has played very well. He's done a good job. But he's got a knee issue. They're trying to work through it. Well, they're calling it a lower body. We don't know when he's coming back. Will he be back in time for the playoffs? And if so, what kind of shape will he be in? Will he be able to play the way he was that made him an all-star? If that's the case, maybe you hold off getting a goalie and you just ride it out with Aiden Hill and you hope that you get Logan Thompson back sooner rather than later. If, however, it may be touch and go and you don't know if you're going to have him back until the playoffs, well, maybe you need to go get a goalie. Maybe you do need to go look at somebody like Corpus Salo and, and Columbus. Yeah, because yeah, the West... the West Bob is on the island. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's the UFA. Now, I don't know if Blue Line Rilla wants to break up his goalie tandem. Right now, the Islanders are in the playoffs as of today. That could obviously change, but who knows? I mean, it's, it's a tough call. I think they're relying on their medical staff to give them some guidance on all of this. But, you know, they got Barbashev the other day. I don't think he scored 21 goals for him. But if he could give them some offense and, and kill penalties and and be physical when the playoffs start, it's a good pickup. So this is a big sports town now. It's a big major league sports town. When do we get a baseball team in Vegas? Yeah. Unfortunately, it may be sooner than later. Uh, and I say that because the team is the ace. And they don't spend money on their on-the-field product, and they don't draw in the stands. I mean, their AAA team is here. I don't know if you guys are aware yeah, of that. I did know that, yeah. And it's a beautiful ballpark. It's the nicest minor league park in North America. Okay? They outdrew the A's last year for a good portion of the season in terms of average attendance. They don't know where they want to put a ballpark here. They've got three different sites they're looking at. They're trying to leverage Vegas to get a better deal in Oakland, and now Oakland's got all sorts of political stuff they're dealing with in terms of coming up with the money to make the A's happy. And honestly, I think we're going to see the NBA here before we see baseball. Although I wrote last week that I'm, I'm more convinced than ever that yeah, we're probably getting the A's. And the problem will be that will John Fisher, the owner, be willing to spend money to put a at least a competitive ball club on the field? I mean, it, it's a disgrace what they've trod out there day in and day out. Uh, lastly, Steve, before I let you go, what are the Raiders going to do? For, what are the Raiders uh, going to do for a quarterback? Good question. You know, Josh McDaniels... Uh, Talked to the media today in Indianapolis at the scouting combine, and he said they plan to talk to the the four top guys, you know, the, who are going to be in the draft. The Raiders pick seventh. If they fall in love with one of these guys, they may have to move up to get them in the draft. But uh, I don't think he's averse to getting a, a young guy and, and kind of rolling with him if he's good enough. I mean, if he's like. Patrick Mahomes good or Justin Herbert good, then yeah, they should pull the trigger. If not, if they don't think any of these guys are really good enough, they should probably re-sign Jared Stidham, give him the job, and then maybe next year they get a shot at the kid from USC. You know, so 
Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, Caleb Williams to me is a really good player. He's still a year away. So in the meantime, are you really wowed by any of these guys? You know, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. I mean, yeah, they're, they're good players, but are they franchise guys? Are they, you know, generational type players? Like, there's no, to me, none of those guys are going to impact the NFL team the way Connor Bedard's going to impact whatever NHL team gets him. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Absolutely makes sense. Hey, Steve, we're out of time. Hey, Steve, we're yeah. out of we're out of t- we're out of time. But uh, we'd love to have you on again. You got your fingerprints all over the uh, growing Las Vegas sports scene. Thanks, thanks for giving us some time. Okay. Anytime, fellas. Have a great day. That is a Las Vegas columnist for the Sporting Tribune, Steve Carp. We'll be back with more of the sports cage in a moment on six twenty CKRM. Football covered. All right, talking with fifth-year Regina Rams linebacker Josh White, former Campbell Tartan. He is eligible for the CFL draft. Is that kind of a pinch you moment that you're getting to, uh, you know, the pinnacle of maybe a pro football career? Yeah, I would say especially that it's coming into March around the corner here. So knowing that the combine is the end of March, it's something that I'm excited for. How has your training regimen uh, changed or how have you uh, kind of tinkered it to get ready for the combine? Uh, we have a trainer back at the University Cameras. He's been preparing our group of guys that are going to the combine, and he's been doing a really good job with us. So yeah. What's the most important? Uh, I don't want to say event, but uh, area you uh, are going to try to impress? Is it bench? Is it is it you know um, forty? What is it? Honestly, it's kind of more of an overall. I'm going to try and do or have good numbers in pretty much every section of the combine. When it comes to the testing, I'm not just going to look for one thing. I'm going to try and be in the top percentage for everything. What are you at now in terms of your height and your weight, Josh? I'm around 6'2", and then around 220 to 225 is where I kind of fluctuate in there. Nice. So um, talk about the season that was for the Regina Rams and Josh White. Well, obviously, we know it, it was short-lived for what we wanted it to be. We would obviously love to go to, you know, the Hardy Cup and the Mitchell Bowl and the Vanier, obviously, and it was short-lived. We lost UBC in the first round of playoffs there, but, yeah, it was a good season. Personally, I think I achieved some things, but, yeah, it was obviously short-lived. So you want to make a pro roster, know that about it, and get drafted, but if not, you do have that in your back pocket. You can come back and play one more year. Would that be your plan if you don't get drafted, finish off your career with the Rams? Yes, sir. Yeah, for sure. So I would definitely come back and finish my last year and play it out and maybe see if I could get signed off a team off of that if I don't get drafted. Do you have an agent? I do, yeah. Who's your agent, if you don't mind me asking you? His name is Rob Fry. Oh, you got Rob Fry. Good Rob Fry. Has Have you got any indication if teams are interested in you or anything like that pre-combine? Um, Not really. I've had some coaches follow me, but that's about it as of right now. Yeah, so are you nervous? Um, yeah, I feel like it's always that type of nervous thing, but it is, it's also excitement. And then when you get in the moment, the nerves kind of go away and you get down to back the good old business that you're used to, right? So when I had uh, guys on in the past, I get them ready with my own combine questionnaire. You, you okay with answering some of these? Yeah, sure. Okay, here we go. This is one they actually ask a lot of uh, Saskatchewan kids, believe it or not. You've probably heard about that. Are you okay with moving away from home? Oh, for sure. 100% I'm okay with moving away from home. I've already played on teams that have had to stay weeks at a time in different places 
for example, in the States, and I had to stay for two weeks in Mexico at one point, so I'm ready to go wherever it is. Yeah, you're ready. It doesn't matter. Uh, tell, yeah. tell me one time, Josh White, that you failed and how you rebounded. How did you come back from that failure? Can you can you think about that? We know about successes, but what about failure? Um, well, honestly, this year, it was the first time ever I got stiff-armed by a quarterback. It was when we were playing the Dinos, and that, personally, I took as like a failure in the moment, but I just took that as a chip on my shoulder, and people would be chirping and in your ear, but I just bounced back and had a good game after that. It was just a moment that I kind of turned around. Okay, think about this very hard, Josh White. How many times could you bench press your head coach, Mark McConkey? Hmm, that's a good question. We first have to th- estimate the weight he's around, so I think he won't be... I don't know. Maybe he would be around 220. Yeah, I'd say probably about 210-ish, probably. Yeah, 210-ish. Then I definitely feel like I could get into the 20s with 210-ish, yeah. Well, it's a little different, though, with body weight, right? Like, he's got to hold oh, still. Oh, true. Be, yeah, unbalanced. Yeah. yeah he, might be, he might be a little more bottom-heavy than top-heavy, so we'd have to see, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> might have to be a close-grip bench on the back there. <laughs> <laughs> might get a little personal. Hey, if, yeah. if you had to skip a workout, Josh White, what body part or day are you skipping? Oh, that's a good one. Hmm, I'd probably have to say, honestly, if there's like a core, maybe. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of it's kind of a roundabout way of asking you which what you think your strongest part is in your body. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say the strongest part of my body would be like my 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 core, my back would be probably my strongest part of my body. Okay, I've seen this asked in a combine in the NFL, uh, staring contest. Are you good at staring contests? Do you think you can go oh, a long time? Oh yeah, for sure. I've, I've had a lot of cousins growing up, so we've definitely had a couple staring contests at family events. Yeah. Okay, I like to do this. Let's do radio rock paper scissors on the count of 3, okay? And you tell me what you got. Ready? 1 2 3. Rock. Ah, you beat me. I had scissors. There you go. You're off to a great start. All right. What's your favorite potato chip? Do you eat them? What's your favorite? Favorite potato chip would have to be the black pepper and lime from uh, Miss Vicky's for sure. Oh wow. Do you go in? Uh, do you go in like hot eating contests? Uh, no, I've never done an eating contest. No. <laughs> okay, so you got to make me a meal. I'm a, I, I'm, a I'm a GM that might want to sign you or draft you. You got to make me a meal. What is it? What are you going to impress me with? Make you a meal? It'll probably have to be a rice bowl, but it's in a taco bowl. I get it at Mexiguac, so you can get like rice bowls there, but it's actually in a taco bowl, mm-hmm. and you can pretty much put anything on it. There's veggies, meat, sauces, salsa, and then the best part about that bowl is you can actually break it, and then you dip it in the actual rice bowl, mm-hmm. so it's like... It's really good. Pretty yeah. in-depth there, Josh White. Hey, so you uh, got to sing a song in the locker room. What is it? Hmm. Probably Sweet Home Caroline or, hmm, that's a good one. Maybe try and mix it up and throw a Jingle Bells in there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, and lastly, Josh White, why should we draft you? I'm persistent. When it comes to football, I've always given 100% effort. And when it comes to my motor in football, it's nonstop. And I'm always trying to learn and make my game better. And there's nothing – I'm never content with where I'm at. I'm always trying to do more and get better. And that's something that our coaches at the U of R have instilled in us too. And it's just – it's just who I am when it comes to football. I've always given it my all, and I will always give it my all. Now, as you're looking ahead to the draft, I'll squeeze one more in here. Who do you think about to help you get to this point? Who do I think about that's really got me to this point? Yeah. 
Well, I would have to say the coaches at the U of R for sure. Like they've been with me through football Sask all the way my Rams career, like spring league and stuff like that, especially like coach Gray and Derek Lerner back at the university of someone that some guys that I've just been around pretty much my whole football career. And that really helped me become the person I am today for sure. How about mom and dad or how about mom washing oh, your yeah, gear and making sure. your mom food? And dad, especially when it comes to the grocery bill sometimes, cause <laughs> I'm lucky enough. I still get to live at home. Yeah. So yeah, mom and dad for sure. Especially cause my dad's actually a Cairo. Oh. And so he's he's saved me multiple times. And yeah, definitely my mom and dad for sure. Gee, that's unbelievable. You got the life yeah. of Riley right there, Josh White. Well, oh, uh, yeah. best of luck, man. Uh, congratulations on getting to this point, and we'll be following you on draft night. All right, appreciate it so much. Thank you. Zinger, we got our draft night coverage too. Let's Second go. year in a row doing it. Now, we kind of set people off on a few people off on Twitter yesterday because they're stupid and they can't read. We had said we are the first radio station and the only radio station in Canada to cover the draft. Last year, you and I put our heads together. We just impromptu did two rounds. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do the entire. We're gonna cover the entire draft. From the first guy, not the global draft, the Canadian college draft. Yeah. From the first to the end. So we'll have like a sports cage, and then we'll roll right into the draft. Got it's going to be juicy. Throughout the night. Yeah, that's right. It's going to be May 2nd. May 2nd is a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you said, it's the first time ever radio broadcast. Yes, I know TSN People, does. Yeah, like we are, we know TSN does the, what are the, the first two rounds and yeah. then they go digital after that. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about. It's the first wall-to-wall coverage where you don't have to, you know, scramble around and look elsewhere. It's all right here. All, every single round, baby. Every round. Right here. And we'll have features with Saskatchewan guys like Josh White, Jackson Ford, Husky guys that are uh, moving on. Yeah. Hopefully to a CFL career. That's the interesting thing about U Sports football, too, is that you can... Because uh, you got um, Americans that get drafted, too. Like, Amer- from American colleges that are Canadians that get drafted. But if you're playing Division one or two football in the U.S., and you declare for the draft, your eligibility's done. Where a guy like Josh White, he still has a year left. So if he goes, much like a Ryder Varga last year, if he gets drafted... And it doesn't work out, or he decided, like Ryder Varga did, to come back here to finish his three classes in the fall for engineering, which is the only time he could do it. And then he goes back. He could still come back and play for the Rams. Josh White could still play for the Rams. It's like Kyle Borsa. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Whereas, uh, you know, a kid playing in the States, he's getting drafted. He wants to get drafted, and he doesn't get drafted. Well, that's it. You're SOL. You can't play anymore. You're done. So what do kids like that, how do they come to the conclusion of what they're going to do if well, they want to get drafted? Well, I would think they maybe have an agent or somebody that's talking to these teams. To that's see a what tough the pickle to be in, That man. is a tough pickle. I, I, well, I have somebody in that situation, yeah, yeah. and I would strongly consider them to... Like, Ethan, for instance, has three years left, but he can go after two years, right? I would strongly consider, I would I would kind of say, hey, man, maybe just, that's up to him. And I'd, unless you know Ride for a fact. Ride it out in college unless, and you can always unless, just walk you, on yeah, into CFL? Yeah, unless you know for a fact. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey I, hey, I was told this, and I'm not, you know me, I'm a U-sports guy, but I was told this, you play that kind of football, you should have a pretty good opportunity to have a chance to play in the CFL. The very least. So, 
I mean, you should have a chance. So if that's the mentality, uh, then let it let it ride, right? Speaking of you, sports quickly. We got oh no, we got to go to break. Anyways. Yeah, we're going to break. We'll come back on the other side. We got so much to do on this show, man. We got Arash Madani, Dave Jackson, who's leaving the Thunder for the Montreal Alouettes in the special teams department, and the Lemonator, Sean Lemon, joins us after four thirty. It's the Sports Cage on six twenty CKRM. Partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Tuesday in the Cage brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries, the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Get it hot, get it fast at Western Pizza. We were talking with Josh White on the CFL draft and everything like that. A couple of U-sports moves here for the uh, University of Regina Ramsinger. Yeah, how about uh, three Regina Thunder players taking their talents to U-sports? University of Regina Rams announced that former Thunder receiver Ryland Sokol and mm-hmm. defensive lineman Peyton O'Connor have committed to the Rams for this coming uh, season. And defensive lineman Reese McCormick. We'll be suiting up for the Saskatchewan Huskies. Whenever I see that name, I think about the game that I called on the radio for the Regina Thunder when McCormick mm-hmm. got that sack. Mm-hmm. Reese McCormick! Yeah. So, he uh, he uh, spent some time with the Riders in the practice roster, too. So, Reese yeah. McCormick. In, tra- in uh, training camp. In training camp. Okay. So, let us uh, go to this right now, my friend. Time now for Coast to Coast with Arashma Danny, our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all. From Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series Baseball, and everything in between, this is Coast to Coast with Arashma Danny. Brought to you by Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Call Brian Golly at Smart Investing Solutions, 546-2533. Uh, we welcome in... The Sportsnet guru, Arash Madani. And <laughs> Arash, this is going to be great. The Leafs are loading up and they're still going to lose. Uh, they got they got <laughs> Luke Shen today for a third-round draft pick after getting uh, Lafferty and Jake McCabe. And they got Ryan O'Reilly and, and the other dude out of St. Louis. Like, it's not going to matter because uh, your goaltending's no good. Your goaltending isn't Stanley Cup variety. But... Fairness to Dubas. And there's still the Leafs. Yeah, and, and still the Leafs. Don't fa- forget that part. Fairness to Dubas, though, he has to do this because his job is on the line. Uh, you're right. You're absolutely right. Ballsy, I just, I was looking at my phone, and I saw Elliot Friedman's report that Luke Shen is going to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And it... it <sighs> It was one of the more bizarre things that has happened. Like, it almost felt like an out-of-body experience. Mm-hmm. Like, when I first moved to Toronto, I covered the Leafs. And I remember January, February, March 2009, when Ron Wilson was still the coach and Brian Burke was the GM. And, like, dudes in that locker room were players like Jason Blake and Brad May. Those guys would tell you that the future of the Maple Leafs is Luke Shen. That if you walked into this locker room in 15 years, only one of them would still be around, and it's Luke Shen. Well, around the world, Luke Shen has gone, Saskatchewan boy, and won a Stanley Cup and been here, there, everywhere. Mm -hmm. And now in 2023, Luke Shen returns to Toronto. I mean, they say never say never in sports. It is the epitome of full circle. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's it really is, and uh, he was a guy. Truth be told, that I was hoping the Oilers would get a, an affordable, serviceable defenseman, but uh, not yet. They're probably looking at somebody else. And a vet. 
and a vet and who's a, been through it. Yeah. Like, like this is one thing in an analytics world that people keep looking at spreadsheets and the rest that you don't like. There's yeah. no valuation of what does it mean to have somebody who's been through an entire playoff run. Yeah, well, what does it mean to have somebody who understands what it takes to get there? That there, there's no metric for that, Ballsy. That's right. <laughs> it's not on my. It's not on my stand sheet. Right, nerds ruin sports. Nerds ruin sports. I've said it all along. Uh, anyway, uh, this Soccer Canada situation has been pretty crazy the last little oh, bit. Uh, two weeks ago, you were in, in Orlando where the women's soccer team was threatening to boycott. Now we got the president resigning shortly after all the federations in Canada said, hey, we don't have any confidence in you. And today, Anthony Housefather, who is in charge of the standing committee of heritage and sport. And remember, that was the group that brought all the Hockey Canada people to mm-hmm. Ottawa to Parliament Hill, put their mm-hmm. feet to the fire. He just announced this afternoon that the committee has unanimously agreed to bring Nick Bontis, the now former president of Canada Soccer, to Ottawa to testify. And they have told him, you have, by Friday of this week, to hand over the documents to us of what the relationship is between Canada soccer and Canada soccer business. Canada soccer business is an outside entity that has nothing to do with the national federation that has signed a deal for, for I believe reportedly three or $4 million a year. They write a check to Canada soccer, but Canada soccer business owns all the marketing rights, all the endorsement rights, all the TV rights. And Ottawa is saying, wait a minute. We're providing federal funding to you, Canada Soccer. You bring the books. Let's take a look at these. And you just get the sense, Ballsy, that the rubber's about to meet the road here. But it won't be solved overnight. Oh, God, no. Oh, God, no. But you know what's happening right now for the first time, what feels like the first time in a long time? There might be some accountability with some of these national sport organizations. Yeah, I like that. You. Of course. Look what just happened to Hockey Canada. Look what happened to Soccer Canada. Or what's happening with Canada Soccer, rather. Now, how many other organizations are saying, we better get our place in order and quick, or we may be next? Arash Madani joining us here for Coast to Coast for Smart Investing Solutions. I like I've watched some spring training. I like the speed. I like the fact you gotta you gotta get in. You gotta get out. No more. No more. No more. Garcia Parra or Derek Jeter uh, adjusting their crotch and all their shin pads and everything like that. Elbow pads. I like the fact the pitcher's got to get in. It can't rub his hat fourteen times. He's got to throw the ball. Uh, but baseball's not the only league trying to speed things up. No, and and I'm with you. I like a lot of it. I think there's a lot that needs to be ironed out. And my fear in the baseball thing is that one hiccup can decide a game or a playoff game if something happens in the ninth inning. But we can talk about that as the season goes on. Mm. Ballsy, I don't know if you saw this one. I thought this was intriguing. Even college football, even major Division I college football that feels like it's kind of bulletproof in the U.S., they're saying we need to we need to you know up the pace of play too. 
And you know how you get a first down in college football, they stop the clock? Mm-hmm. They're saying, no, we're just going to keep the clock moving except inside two minutes. And they're looking at some other Even on areas. incomplete passes, too. Even on incomplete passes they're talking about. It's, it is going to change the dynamic of how football is played philosophically, you know, all of those things, and especially with clock management. So it, it's wild, man. Like the games and the sports that we're used to seeing being played one way um, are changing dramatically. And if, you, and if someone's saying, well, it's not going to change that much, well, look what happened when the NBA instituted the three-point line. Mm-hmm. Uh, look how much basketball has changed since then. Well, NHL got rid of the center line. They got rid of the red right. line for passes. Um, <laughs> listen, the XFL's garbage. It's absolute garbage. Uh, <laughs> like the 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 the, 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 the Vegas field was a joke. Any and and people, dude, the, that was a disgrace. Yeah, that field so, was a disgrace. Yeah, so the national media back in the day, some media types who were telling us that we needed to combine the XFL with the CFL and we better watch out. They should have their feet held to the fire and pointed out. Where, where are they now? Yeah, they're where quiet. They oh, they're quiet. Yeah. They're, they're very quiet. Now, I'm not going to totally throw the XFL under the bus because, like me, Arash, I think you like a couple of the things that we're seeing. Well, look. I think one of the most revolutionary things that has happened from the way we watch consume football was built from the first edition of the XFL way back when. Mm -hmm. Not the one before the pandemic, like going back 23 years or whatever it was. And that's that cable cam. That's the spider cam that comes shooting behind the players across the field. Now, if you play Madden, if you play any video game, the way we watch football, we're just so used to that camera being there and having that angle. And Baldi, we just talked about pace of play and the rest. Look, these leagues are going to talk about player safety and try and say that they care about player safety. Well, I look at some of these kickoff rules and the rest, and I just wonder if they may pluck one or two of these experimental rules that the XFL is working with and maybe try them in a preseason game moving forward, et cetera, mm. because so many of the violent collisions happen on kickoffs and punts. Um, look, you can say whatever you want about the field and the product and whatever, but in terms of actual application of rules, in terms of actual application of technology, I think the XFL could be a benefit for the overall football universe so i want to get into spring training but i'll save that for you on thursday a little more i got to stand up i was sitting down i got to stand up because i got to get into character for this okay when i see peter seidler of the uh pod race i think yeah. of vince mcmahon when he is just strutting down <laughs> to the ring in the wwe you know what i mean like i am the man peter seidler is spending like a drunk sailor and as a pod race fan i say Woo! Yeah, yes, I love sir. it. I love it. And I tell I you mean, what, I tell you what, it takes the myth of the small market team, crumples it up, and files it away in the garbage. Uh, it's not just the Padres, and it's not just baseball. Look at the guy on the other side of the glass with you there. You're, you're Pal Kleisinger. Yeah. Fan of the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. A portion, a portion of ownership of the Milwaukee Bucks this week agreed to be sold for $3.5 billion. That's Milwaukee. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and not the entire ownership of the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, it's crazy. Ten years ago, that same share 
cost them $550 million. Ballsy, everybody's on the level playing field. Okay, L.A. and New York may have a bit of an advantage, but guess what? Milwaukee can keep Giannis, and your San Diego Padres have Tatis, and they now have locked up Machado long-term, and they got a bunch of $100 million players. It's on. It is absolutely on and has no bearing on what the size of your market is anymore. I love it, man. Thanks for your time, Arash. We'll uh, catch up with you on Thursday with some more hot topics. All right. Thanks, boys. That's Arash Madani joining us for Smart Investing Solutions. It's called Coast to Coast. The new special teams assistant coach of the Montreal Alouettes joins us next, and he's got a local tie. It's the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620 CKRM. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. Turnover, Theodore, sidesteps, looks and shoots, saved by Georgiev. Carlson marching down deep in the backhand shot, saved Georgiev. Picked up top, saved by Georgiev as Amadio got a lot on that one. That was a good looking play by Vegas. Eichel shoots and a save by Georgiev. Oh my goodness. Alexander Georgiev stops all 31 shots he faces, shuts out the Vegas Golden Knights. Colorado Avalanche win 3 to nothing on Monday night. Alexander Georgiev, your sports cage clutch performer for Nick Service in Emerald Park. Your local Massey Ferguson, Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fan Dealer. Give them a call at 781-1077. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is The Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Get it hyped. Get it going. 936-6262, the number to call or text. Her text line is powered by Capital Ford Lincoln, one 620 That's a hyped-up intro for Dave Action Jackson, the Regina Thunder special teams coach. But now he is going back to the pros, going to the Montreal Alouettes. Thanks for joining me, Dave. I appreciate it. Hey, Ballsy, thanks for having me. Always like talking to you. So you're going back to the pros. You've spent some time there before, Riders, I believe. Uh, now help me out. Was it Edmonton or Winnipeg, or was it both? Both. Yeah. And they Toronto. Keep, yeah, yeah, and Toronto. You've been everywhere. What what, what, uh, what pulled you back to professional football, Dave? Well, it, it's what I wanted to do. Um, so just kept at it the last couple of years. COVID kind of, you know, got in the way a little bit uh, in between jobs and and stayed active, and, and the opportunity came and took full advantage of it. So how are you better today than you were the last time you were in the CFL? I guess what I'm asking you is, how much has coaching younger, up-and-coming athletes helped you refine your game as a coach? Well, I think it's great, um, especially going, you know, during the COVID season, we still did a lot of work with the Thunder. Um, so it was straight from the CFL to working with the young cats, and, and it really got you to... Uh, hammer home and be concise uh with your with your language and how you teach uh and what your expectations are and how you show progression from a starting point to the next point to getting better and and all that kind of stuff so uh to be able to to revitalize that part of the game 
and uh, match it up with the, with the pro athletes, I think it will be a huge advantage. How do you think you'll be in sync with Coach Jason Moss over there in Montreal? Oh, we'll be lockstep. Coach uh, Moss and I have a great relationship. Uh, we spent three years together in Edmonton, um, so I've got a lot of respect for Coach Moss, and, and he's got his uh, relationship with uh, Danny Machocha, which I think makes for uh, a good recipe for success. So I look forward to working with Coach Moss again. I had a few conversations with Jason. I like him as a guy, pretty good coach as well. Uh, but he was definitely in a different role here. Uh, he was, you know, perceived as more of a hothead as a head coach. Is that a is that a misperception on my part? Well, I don't know if it's a misperception. I think he'll say, you know, what you see is what you get. Uh, it just happened to be get caught on camera. <laughs> uh, the ha- the handful of times that it happened, it's not like it's an everyday thing, you know. But a uh, couple up outbursts, they were caught on camera. And uh, but I know this uh, same thing I've been going through. Once you change roles uh, and you have a time to reflect and and implement some new ideas, I'm sure there's a lot that he's looking forward to implementing this year. And I look forward to being a part of it. No concern, no thought of uh, what's going on in Montreal in, in terms of the off field uncertainty. Well, not really. And and the truth is, it's out of my control. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I can't control it. Is there a little bit of a concern? Maybe. Um, but I know this from the coaching staff to to the management staff to the players and everybody else that's involved. You've got a bunch of people with a chip on their shoulder because uh, they're all going through the same thing. Um, so myself and everyone else. Uh, but it sounds like we're in a good direction here. Uh, that that stuff's going to be taken uh, taken care of, but that that's not my business. That's not my control. So uh, we're coming in uh, uh, hungry and uh, scrappy and ready to fight. Got a stud returner and Chandler Worthy. Your thoughts on him in the return game there? Well, I really like Chandler. I had the opportunity to to coach Chandler in 2019 in Toronto, and he's a kid. Number one, he's a great human. Uh, he's a great person. He comes uh, to work every single day. Uh, very competitive, and I don't know how familiar you are with the story, but, you know, over in Toronto, I think he was cut about four times. Mm. And, you know, he keeps battling back, and now he finally took a spot uh, as a returner, not to mention how he can complement uh, potentially on offense as well. Um, so I'm really looking forward to him. Uh, he's the kind of guy that's put in a lot of work. Uh, and now he's got a little something to prove every time the ball's in his hands, and I'm looking forward to, to helping him do that. Dave Jackson joining us here, former Thunder coach now with the Montreal Alouettes. Yeah, I'm for, I'm happy he took the job in Montreal uh, for him and for Mario Alford because he took Mario's job. Mario came here and actually won the special teams uh, uh, player of the year, beating out Chandler Worthy, which was real interesting. Uh, kind of an interesting award setup because uh, mm-hmm. Alfred, Alfred didn't even win the West. Janarian Grant won the West. Outstanding special teams player. Hey, in the CFL, you always got to do something with the ball, meaning the third of the game, the kicking game, you got to do something with it. Do you like our kick return rules, or would you like us to adopt an XFL style that they do right now in the kickoff? Um, I 100% uh, like our kick return rules um, compared to the XFL and the NFL. Um, so I think the kicking game is much more important uh, and active uh, in our game. It's one of the things that make it, uh, you know, a, a beautiful game. Uh, the best part of football game that I think is out there. Um, so I definitely like our return games. I'd like to see some other leagues implement that, you know, even something like the, uh, you know, choosing to take the ball after the, uh, after a field goal, 
You yeah. Know? Hey, if, yeah. If you're not going to return it, do that. Hey, Dave, you you sometimes go uh, uh, a whole year seeing only two blocked field goals in the CFL. We saw two at the end of the Grey Cup here. That was crazy. Uh, wasn't that one of the most intense endings to a game uh, in a long time? And it was a championship game. Well, and you, uh, you raise a good point, Dave, because look at how our game ended, and the NFL ended with three kneel downs and a field goal. Absolutely. I, I remember watching it, and I'm like, this is absolutely fantastic. And, you know, it, it can be exposed to millions of more people uh, as we continue to grow this brand. Uh, I know you do a lot of good stuff uh, uh, about that. I saw about the draft coming up that you're doing, so good on you uh, for doing that. Uh, but, yeah, what a great finish both ways and exciting, and it was a championship game. So how about that? Coaching the kids in Bantam football and RMF, and I had the play lined up, and my uh, uh, my son's in the backfield with another guy, and they pushed the quarterback into the end zone from behind, and we got called for a tandem buck penalty and didn't end up winning it. And I'm watching the NFL and even the CFL to some extent doing that, and they're allowing it, but it looks like the NFL now is going to go against that and probably change that rule. What do you think? I think that's an unfair advantage. Well, uh, to my knowledge, and I got to brush up on it, but I think that's uh, been illegal in the CFL for uh, a number of years. So they're still um, they're so. still following that, yeah? Because in the NFL, yeah. it was illegal too, and they let it they let it go this last year. Yeah, so I, I'd have to brush up on it, but um, you know, if they're if they're going to allow it, you got to figure out a way to coach it and figure out a way to stop it. Um, that's how the game is played. So yeah, pissed, uh, pissed. I, I, don't, I don't really have one thing one way or the other. Yeah, it pissed me off. I needed to Roger Goodell <laughs> running the RMF and not Kelly Hamilton and Len Antonini, for God's sake. I would have been well, a champion. They're not going to let you get, rid of, get away with that, though. <laughs> I would have been they a champion, a Dave. I would have been yeah. a champion. They ripped me off. They took a championship <laughs> slurpee out of my mouth. Anyway, uh, wow. Dave, Anyway, Dave, congratulations on your journey to the CFL. We'll catch up with you uh, when we're there and uh, also on the phone down the line, okay? Perfect. Take care, Ballsy. Good to talk to you. Appreciate it. Dave Jackson, assistant coach, special teams coach for the Montreal Alouettes. We got a lot still to come, including the Lemonator. He joins us after our CFL report. This is the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620 CKRM. Sports ticker at 431. The Winnipeg Jets are home to the Los Angeles Kings tonight. Winnipeg hanging on to the top wildcard spot in the West and are just one point behind Minnesota for third place in the Central. The Boston Bruins continue their Alberta road trip in Calgary. Bruins came away with a tight 3-2 win last night in Edmonton. It was 3-2, right, Ballsy? Last night in Edmonton? Yeah, yeah it was 3-2. The Montreal Canadiens, how about them? They continue their quest for the Connor Bedard sweepstakes tonight in San Jose. Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report, a look at what's happening in our three-down game. Today on the CFL Report, we want you to circle May the 2nd on your calendar. Last year, here on 620 CKRM, we became the first radio station in Canada to cover the CFL draft the first two rounds. Well, we are going to... Cover the draft completely right here at 620 CKRM on May the 2nd. So make sure you tune in. It starts at 6 o'clock. So right after the sports cage, we'll roll right into our CFL draft coverage on May the 2nd because we have a commitment to helping our three-down game survive and thrive. Each Monday year-round, Riders head coach Craig Dickinson joins us on the sports cage. This week, I asked him about the perception that the organization is a complete mess after last year's disappointing 6-12 and campaign. 
Yeah, I just think that's baloney too, by the way. And and I think it's usually from folks that either one uh, don't have a, a clue what's going on or two have have an agenda. Uh, I think there is some people that want to see you know teams fail and want to see organizations struggle because it gives them something to talk about. But if you're in that building, if you're close to close to us and see what's going on, you can see what's going on, and that's a lot of good positive energy, a lot of good. A lot of good energy and a lot of good things happen in free agency. I think the coaching staff is as good as, as staff as I've been around. I mean, we'll have to see. You know, we get a chance to work together this year, but we got good people that care about football, that love the province of Saskatchewan, and, and aren't afraid to roll up their sleeves and go to work. And I think I think that that narrative is is just is boring and it's old. And I think it's coming probably from the same ten to fifteen people every every time. And I think the majority of folks in Saskatchewan are excited about our team. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, six twenty CKRM. All right, let's keep our CFL talk going. The Lemonade Stand is back in BC for the third time. Sean Lemon joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. So, uh, what's Lemonade going for now on the on the left coast? <laughs> Very excited for the opportunity, man. Super excited to be back in the, uh, BC. Yeah, um, are you a little surprised you didn't end up in Calgary after the great season you had? Uh, no, not surprised. The thing is, uh, you you know you play this game of football professionally for a long period of time so you just expect things to happen um you know there's no you know hard feelings towards those guys uh, enjoyed my time there had some great years in calgary so just looking forward to you know having another great year at bc yeah okay so let me ask you this and i am just going to be straightforward okay because i get asked this question you look at this guy's stats they are uh they're impressive stats over his career yet he's been on this team and this team and this team you joked about it on twitter and on social media you got uh, almost all the apparel from all the teams in the league why is that sean I look at it, you know, we have two choices in life. You can look at it, I look. you can look at it from any way you want to look at it. I look at it as if my skill set is that good, all the teams in the league want me. So, uh, you know, that's that's a blessing to be in a position that, to be able to always have an opportunity with every club. So, mm-hmm. like it's, it's a good thing on my end to always have a job. When did you know you had that special skill set? Like, when did it kick in, like, I can do something that a lot of people can't do? Honestly, when I was uh, a kid, I always told my my mom and my dad that you know I was going to earn a, a Division One scholarship, and it would be like when I was working little jobs and stuff in the area as a high school or trying to work. It was never something that I could do. You know, it was never something I could just work at the shoe store or mm-hmm. work at uh, Subway or grocery store. You know, like it was always something I wanted to do: play professional football. So I just you know put my all into that. So I didn't you know work any jobs growing up. Uh, fortunately, I just uh, worked hard towards my craft. No backup plan. Hey, were you ever worried that if it didn't work out, what would you do? No, that was never a thought. That was never a thought. I'm definitely thankful for the uh, Canada opportunity, opportunity to play the Canadian Football League. Uh, it's a country that I've you know grown to love, and I grew up um, all my adult years in Canada for the most part. Um, so just thankful for the opportunity. 
You know, Sean, I, I'm obviously Canadian born and bred, and I'm a defender of the Canadians in the Canadian Football League. So sometimes I worry maybe it's a bit of a slippery slope when we have a guy like Sean Lemon that can replace a Canadian now, 49% of the snaps with no implications to the ratio. But then your color commentator, Julio Caravata, pointed out that guys like Sean Lemon should be rewarded for sticking it out in Canada. Just expand a little bit on your love for our country and our three-down game, which you obviously knew nothing about when you came up here? Yeah, I knew nothing about it. My D-line coach told me about it. Um, I seen, after my senior season, he was uh, one of his buddies coached for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and he uh, told them about me and said my film, and then they put, immediately put me on their neg list coming out. Um, I had, didn't know much about it. I didn't even have a passport until I did the workout <laughs> for Winnipeg, and then they went to sign me. Um, but yeah, I've just grown to love it. The first time that I came up here, I didn't really appreciate the opportunity that I had, uh, because you know, as a kid, you grow up thinking that NFL or nothing. And then I lost that opportunity for playing in the CFL. And then immediately when I lost it, it was all I could think about because I feel like I, my skill set fits the game of, uh, CFL so well, with playing in space, being explosive, uh, the bigger field. It was really fun to be rushing a quarterback. So I did everything in my power to get that opportunity back. And then once I got that opportunity back, I knew it was something that I didn't want to let go of. And, you know, Canada has been amazing to me. I have nothing but, you know, amazing things to, to say about Canada. I meet some of the, uh, the most best fans in the world. Mm. Uh, it's a close knit group. So when I was in the NFL with the Steelers during the preseason, you can see like all the floors of the, of the hotel marked off for, for, you know, NFL players. It's not like that in the CFL. It's, uh, you know, we're, we're really connected with our fans, and I, and I love it. I'm just, you know, super thankful for the opportunity to be able to play uh, football. This is Sean Lemon joining us here on the Western Pizza Hotline, re-signing with the BC Lions. Uh, Sean, how do you defy father time? Like, you listen, you're not an old man, but you're getting up there for football years. How do you define father time? It's all mental. It's all mental. If you... How you see yourself and, and what you put in your mind uh, is power of the, of the tongue. And that's something my parents have always instilled in me as a kid. Um, how you speak about yourself is what you'll, your 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 mind will process because it hears you saying that. You know what I mean? So I just enjoy playing football. I train hard in the offseason and, you know, the, I be, reap the benefits of it during the season for my production. No kidding, man. Talk about last season. When you're in a zone like that, does it feel like the game's like – just slowing down for you like you know what I mean you're thinking a step ahead and you're probably like that anyway because you're a wily vet just watching film uh, and, and utilizing how I could uh, make plays within the scheme of the defense uh, coach Munson in Calgary did a great job of understanding my skill set understanding you know how to you know find matchups for me and just you know the more reps you get with any day in life um, it's so routine for us to, you know, hop on a bicycle and ride it because we've been riding the bike for so long. Um, so look at it like that with football. The more reps you get in football, the easier the game is for you. Whether it was true or not, Michael Jordan said he used to generate hate against himself to fuel his fire. Will Sean Lemon do that this year? Hey, you were the Western nominee for Most Outstanding Defensive Player, and you went and found another team kind of partway through free agency. You weren't in the first wave. Are you going to use that to fuel your fire? Like, hey, hey, I'm Sean Lemon. I'm still good. Well, I always have my own ways of uh, motivating myself. That, you know, I don't really, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to let those secrets out the bag. But 
uh, everybody who knows me as teammates, they understand that I always have extra motivation going into every game. And just, you know, it's just no secret. I don't feel like I uh, receive a lot of the uh, – well, and sometimes I do, but I just don't feel like I, you know, get acknowledged for the type of production that I have and the numbers that I have. Like, I'm eight sacks away from, you know, reaching 100 sacks. But um, that's neither here nor there. It's not for me to talk about. But uh, just keep just keep producing, and at the end of the day, we'll see how the numbers stack up. Haven't had a lot of people have any bad things to say about you. Anybody I talk to say you're a pr- uh, say you're a pretty good dude. Um, what right. makes what makes you a good locker room guy, Sean Lemon? Well, I grew up with three brothers, so I understand what it's like to have uh, you know brothers, and I see my teammates as brothers. And just being a good person, just being a good person, and. You know, being a good brother, and, and you know, you never, just never know because it was even with each one of your brothers, they all have different type of needs or a different type of friendships or different type of bonds you have with their brothers. So I just view that as the same way in the locker room. Just be the best person you can be, and just care. You know, just care where that teammate's from. Just care how that teammate has grown up, or you know, uh, how many brothers or siblings it has. Just the little things like that go a long way. Lastly, uh, how attractive is it for you? Playing indoors basically for half the season now, you know, at the tail end of your career here with the BC Lions. Oh, it's really amazing because uh, that playoff game we played in BC. Yeah, uh, this it was extremely loud there. So I'm just thinking about like uh, you know if it's that loud and you get you know playing indoors and warm elements and you know the snap count for the offense. I don't think our I think our offense had trouble uh, snapping the ball because uh, BC filled the stadium up pretty loud. So. Uh, just any advantage you can get as a pass rusher, I'm, I'm all for it. Well, I, for one, even though I'm the voice of the Rough Riders, happy to have you still in the league. Sean, best of luck, uh, except for when you play the green and white. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, guys. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Lot, lots going on in the world of sports. Our text line firing up, 936-6262, powered by Capital Ford Lincoln at the corner of Brochdale and Pasqua. Number one Ford dealership in the province. Connie from Cook's Creek. Yeah, where is uh, Dave Naylor? He blocked me for calling him out when he was on the whole XFL kick and how the XFL should merge with the CFL. Where is he now? I don't know. I can't speak for Dave. He's on the show once with me. Nice. But uh, there were people that said we should be worried about the XFL and we should be teaming up with The Rock because our game is almost dead. Yeah, much ado about nothing. Uh, there's been a trade in the NHL, another one. It's funny, TSN, Sportsnet, they do the big trade deadline show, but all the trades are done before. It's kind of useless, actually. That's why they have to play silly games with guys like James Duffy and stuff, because they got to kill time. Anyway, the Edmonton Oilers have picked up veteran defenseman Matthias Ekholm uh, in the first year of a five-year deal that will pay him $25 million. They send him in a sixth-rounder to... Uh, to um, he goes from Nashville to Edmonton with a six, you know, a six round pick going to Nashville defenseman Tyson Berry, prospect Reed Schaefer, a first round pick this year and a fourth rounder. So it's a pretty good deal for the Oilers. It's not Chicker and it's not Carlson. Hey, we got very timely at 505, Bob Stoffer, the Edmonton Oilers radio network, the color commentator. He will join us. He knows everything about the Oilers and the NHL and we will talk to him about that deal. I, I'm interested to see if he likes that one or did he want Carlson or did he want Chicker? Looks like Patrick Kane is on his way to the Rangers. Uh, 
that's the only team he wanted to go to. Leafs got Luke Shen from Vancouver for a third round selection. All right, time to head out in the Western Pizza Hotline and talk some high school athletics with the commissioner of the Regina High School Athletic Association, Aaron Anderson. A.A. Ron, how are you? I'm doing great, Ballsy. How are you? That's good. Do you like having the same name as Aaron Rodgers? A.A. Ron? Uh, <laughs> well, I know Zinger's a huge Packers fan, but I actually cheer for the Vikings, so uh, I'll go with Aaron for today. Okay, uh, can you hang up on him? We're done with him. Yeah, see you later. What is this, Aaron? I've known yeah. him for so long, and this is just coming out of yeah. the woodwork now. Yeah, and where's our... Hey, well, hey. I, I gotta have surprises on the air every oh. day. And that pizza you promised us. sick. Guess what? It's now two pizzas, one in the off-season and, and one in tomorrow. the... season. Yeah, exactly, from Western uh, Pizza. No problem. It's gonna show up sooner than you think. Okay. Trust me on that. Okay, so, uh, Aaron... First off, I got a bone to pick with you. I'm on your email chain. What's this malarkey about banning slam dunks in the warm-ups? Um, this is actually a, a long-standing policy. It, it goes back to 2013. I'll give you a little bit of background okay. on this. Uh, I want this, yeah. Yeah, no, at uh, LIT 2013 uh, Luther Invitational Tournament, uh, a backboard goes down. And uh, we're not talking NBA here where they have uh, technicians to fix these in uh, hours. We're talking this took days. So uh, Luther was in a major bind, and uh, SHSA kind of jumped on this, and they said, hey, we got to protect uh, schools that don't build everything the way that you think you see it on TV. And uh, so there, there's a lot behind that rule. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's in effect. It's 100 bucks per dunk attempt. In a game or just in the warm-ups? Just in the warm-up. It's legal in the game, but what we're trying to do is protect the uh, uh, the showboating uh, before the before the game and also, obviously, our school uh, facilities. So that's something that you don't think you need to practice, obviously, in warm-ups is what you're saying. No, we're talking, uh, this is NBA in college, but not really at the high school level. Okay, I, I get it. I, I, w- I was saying that tongue-in-cheek. I was just like, oh, no. are they? At first, I thought you were banning it in games. And I was like, come on now, that's a little carried away. But that's good. No. That's good. Hey, you're coming down the backstretch in basketball. Tell me about that. Yeah, March Madness. Uh, tomorrow the calendar turns. So uh, we got our junior girls and boys white division quarterfinal starting tomorrow night. And then blue division junior girls boys on Thursday. Uh, senior playoffs start uh, next week, uh, all ramping up to uh, city finals. So we got our uh, junior girls and boys white at Regina Christian on March 9th. Junior girls and boys blue division uh, junior uh, city finals at Laboldus on the 10th. And then on March 16th, we've got our senior girls and boys white division at Harvest City. And then the senior boys blue division at Luther on the 16th. Hopefully no rims going down. Yeah. Hey, I, I got a question. I've asked you this off the air. I can't remember your answer, but I know I wanted to ask you on the air. Why, why like uh, you mentioned, junior boys and girls, white and blue division? Why the colors? I don't, I don't get that. Can you fill me it's in on that? Just the way that we categorize it. We're uh, our uh, kind of district colors around the province are blue and white, hmm. and so uh, we kind of changed the philosophy and the paradigm shift about four or five years ago, and we've went to this as more of a a way just to uh, bring in some equity and balance into our uh, association. So you mentioned LIT. How did it go? Oh, really good. I mean, for the people that went, like, how can you not be impressed? <laughs> like, our Regina team's hung in, but uh, just the caliber of play from uh, Raymond, Alberta, especially, was just off the charts. Um, uh, Manitoba, Alberta, and the uh, girls' final. I mean, those 10 players are walking into U-sports uh, schools 
uh, next year, and uh, most of them aren't sitting on the bench as freshmen. Like, it was really impressive to watch. Yeah, and uh, it's a cool setup there now with the old and the new gym, right? Yeah, it is. Like, we got both going now with the girls and the boys, and Troy Casper, obviously, tournament organizer, does such a good job, and you know, they spread out the games a little bit, so you finish one, and you go in, and there's a half hour left, and you catch the fourth quarter of the of the next game, and yeah, you can get a lot of bang for your buck in that tournament, for sure. So, talk about basketball, some of the favorites. Can you give us some of them? Uh, well, Riffle girls and boys in blue right now are really tough. Um, the Luther boys in our white division uh, are, I think, uh, going to be a team to watch. Uh, if you look into the uh, junior, Miller Jr. girls are tough. Junior boys is one that's wide open. I mean, there are like four or five teams there. I wouldn't even want to flip a coin, to be honest. Um, and then in the senior girls white division, uh, FW Johnson, pretty strong team, and so is Lavelle. So look for those teams to have some success down the road here. Awesome. So uh, anything else in terms of, okay, first off, uh, what, what do you charge to get into some of these playoff games? Um, so the schools, basically, they're $5 adults, $3 uh, grade 7 and 12 students. Very similar setup that we have for our city championships. Uh, we're not looking to break the bank here or make a big profit, but, uh, you know, there's officials' costs and mm. and so on. So we got to make sure we cover some things, and we'll like to get some money back to the school. So you talked about uh, etiquette on the court in terms of dunking. What's the policy in terms of fan interaction with uh, not only the teams heckling, but the refs, too? <laughs> well, you know, we're again, we're, we're not... Uh, we're we're all about sportsmanship and uh, treating people with respect. And you know, overall, we've we the odd time. You know, I've got to jump into a situation and uh, work with uh, our school administrators uh, to come up with some solutions. But we have very few problems. And you know, it's like anything. The officials are going to hear a few things, and uh, there, there's a line to cross. And you know, we we basically you know free throws. Let's uh, let the players concentrate and. Other than that, uh, you know, no artificial noisemakers, that's SHSA policy, but uh, we get the gyms rocking pretty good with uh, just uh, legal noise, and it's it's fun environment. So uh, there was a coach, a volunteer coach in Nova Scotia, I don't know if you saw this or not, but he got, he got punted from their first playoff game before because a couple of the kids were late for practice, and his... His uh, mentality is you're late for practice, the team runs lines. Well, the principal and the vice principal, he's a volunteer coach, told him to turn his keys in, that's it. Well, the kids, fortunately, uh, had a spine, and they said, listen, we're, we're, we're not playing if our coach isn't coaching, so they forfeited the game. Where I'm going with this is, how has it changed in terms of your role overseeing this, but coaching too, coaching the kids, the mentality, um, you know, has it changed in, in what I say is the new way of doing things? Because we used to do quote-unquote gassers, run to your puke. We didn't ever question it. Well, you know, I, I certainly think it has changed. Like, I'll just go back to my 28 years of coaching. One of my policies was I never, ever yelled at kids. And, uh, you know, past players that are, are listening to the show right now, like, they'd back me up on that 100% or assistant coaches or head coaches that I worked for. Uh, I never yelled for kids. I wasn't the old-school type. Uh, we certainly have a few, you know, that are still around, but for the most part now, it's just like, you got to get the kids on your side and you got to build a relationship with them. That's, uh, uh, you know, they're going to respect you. You respect them. You get it back. Things work. Um, I, I don't think that, uh, you know, some of the things that you see, like, you know, Mike Babcock days and so on, hmm. uh, they're, they're, you know, we still have some coaches like that, but honestly, not as many as you think. No. Okay. Anything else going on sports wise besides basketball right now? Whoa. Yeah. We got a lot. We got uh, city wrestling this weekend. Um, 
Saturday, March 4th, over at Tom Collegiate. $5 adults, $3 grade 7 and 12 students. Starts at 9. It'll last till about 5. About 150 to 175 kids entered. So we've got great numbers there. Uh, playoff hockey. Uh, we've got our uh, cartouche division round robin ending today. Hakey ends on Monday. And then that leads us into semifinals and then city finals. Uh, cartouche division Thursday the 9th at the Mahon. And Hakey Division is uh, March 14th at the Wick. Not to mention regional curling this weekend. Teams from Regina. We've got two uh, open mixed teams going from Belfer and Johnson. Uh, two senior boys teams from Lobolbus Campbell. And two senior girls teams from Tom Knoll. And if they're so lucky to uh, be the top two after regionals, they advance their provincials next weekend. Man, did they they revamped. They they jazzed up the old wick in the old uh, Mahon Arena in my stomping grounds. Like when I played uneven boards, it was terrible. This it looks like I'm walking into a, a beauty rink now. City Regina, they're taking one rink a year and uh, modernizing them. They've done a fantastic job. You walk into almost everywhere. You've got glass instead of the old wired cages, as you're talking about, you know, mm-hmm. around the boards. And, mm-hmm. yeah, no, things are good. And, uh, yeah, high school hockey, another couple weeks and another season in the books. Yeah, well, thanks for your time, man. I really appreciate it. You always got an open door to talk high school athletics here. You can have me anytime, Michael. Thanks a lot. All right. That's A.A. Ron Anderson, the... Uh, the Commissioner of Regina High School Sports will be back. Uh, well, actually, we got a minute and a half here. Let's talk a little bit, Zinger. Let's uh, kick it around. Are you going to say goodbye to him? You want to say goodbye to him? Or he's no, gone. He, he gone. He gone. He gone. He gone. Um, uh, I know why he's doing it, and I get the logic. Well, not he's doing it. I know why it was put in place. Uh, but like, So they don't build the basketball nets good enough to sustain dunks? In warm-ups. Well, listen. I'll, yeah, but just in general, because yeah. there's no different between a dunk and a warm up no, than no, in a game. No, exactly. They need to. They need to put a. They need to get some infrastructure in there. Like, come uh, on. Yeah, we need to. We get, wonder why we don't have big, big time stars, and we do across Canada in basketball. Yeah. But you yeah. know, maybe having a backboard that can yeah. sustain a dunk yeah. is a good place to start if we want to. Push players to the National no, Basketball and Association. Here's the problem I have. Do you know too. what I mean? Here's a here's a problem I have. I'll tie it into hockey. When we played, no, itchy. When now. we played young hockey, and we come out and we looked across the ice and warmups, and the guys could just blister slap shots. You were you were kind of peeing your pants. You know, if I'm playing basketball and I'm watching dudes slam dunking in warmups, I already have the psychological advantage. Uh, you got to allow that. It's called sports. With all due respect, that is the most ridiculous thing I've heard all week long, man. That is just so goofy. Come on, man. Well, man, listen, come on. Aaron's not goofy. Not. That, I'm not saying no, 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 no. no, no. Not Aaron. Not, not Aaron. Aaron. No. Just the fact yeah. that the backboard yeah. cannot sustain a basketball dunk. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, Zinger, you're over there dunking, okay? Wait a minute, I'm, you're over there dunking. Am I going to... Okay, I'm doing this now, folks. I'm getting on the floor. Yeah, yeah. Am I to lie in the fetal position and go... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's dunking. We need to have our our, our, our sucky nooks. Yeah, he's dunking. Like Casper has, my he's, son Casper. He's dunking. You know what? If you can't handle it, go play board games. Isn't that just the most ludicrous thing you've heard in a while? The sports cage on on 620 CKRM. You can't dunk now. Sports talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the sports cage with your host, Michael Ball. Show is brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries, the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. Um, 
You can text us 936-6262, folks. That line is brought to you by Capital Ford Lincoln. And, folks, I have had a, a week or so of complaints. Uh, absolutely lit a fuse in Bomber Nation. They, they're just mad. They're calling the league office on me, all that stuff. Um, <laughs> but I got a complaint about five minutes ago on text that I'll read after Bob Stoffer that it is it just takes the cake. It just takes the cake. But let's go out on the uh, Western Pizza Hotline and talk to the outstanding color commentator, the Edmonton Oilers Radio Network. You see him on Sportsnet, too. He is Bob Stoffer. Bob, uh, a lot of Oilers fans thought Ken Holland was dead or sleeping because he wasn't doing anything. And then today, after his team played a very good game against the best team in the league, the Boston Bruins, he woke up. And he started making some moves. Uh, first, he dumps Pooley Arvey, who I don't even think should be in the NHL anymore, and uh, $3 million bucks cleared off the books. Tell me about that trade first off. Well, what I want to know is the complaint about me or the complaint about you? No, it's not about you. This time you're spare. Right. Yeah. I, I, I have enough of those to deal with on a regular basis. <laughs> Bob underscore stopper. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, well, yes, the Pooley Arvey's case. I mean, if you told me something like this would have happened a year ago, I would have said you're... He would have been crazy. I mean, Michael, um, you know, the first 28 games last year, Balzi, he had 10 goals and 23 points and was looking, uh, you know, like he might be a 4 or $5 million a year extension as a top six right wing. He suffered COVID when we were in Seattle last uh, third week of December. And then in a two-goal game against Columbus, he suffered a lower body injury um, in and around February the 16th, did not return until March 16th, and has never been the same player since. The irony of what's occurred here is over the last couple months, he's I think he's come to terms with what he is, which is a bottom six forward. He's not a top six guy. He actually seemed more engaged and um, more like, you know, at least as somebody who's somewhat around the team on a fairly regular basis, you know, I, I think sometimes it's when you're top five overall pick, you, you know, you see yourself in a certain light. And uh, bottom line here is, you know, he was kind of more part of the team, but the problem was he's a $3 million cap hit. So Ken Holland reached out to Marcus Leto, his agent, said, you know, would he do a two-year extension, maybe in the ones? And Leto wanted another opportunity for Jesse somewhere else. So the orders provided that. And Carolina was in on Timo Meyer. That deal felt, you know, they, they came up short there. Now, Timo Meyer always wanted to go to New Jersey. He's uh, very good friends with Nico Heischer. They're both Swiss. Uh, and, and New Jersey ended up get, giving up, I guess, in theory, three number ones, though I might suggest to you one of the number ones is a suspect, not a prospect at this stage. Um, and so Carolina's got $10 million in cap space to spend because they've got, you know, Patch Ready uh, plus Gardner on uh, LTIR, LTIR. So they spent it on Pulley Arby, and the owners cleared $3 million cap space to facilitate a, a requisite move, uh, which I, I don't know if it's been made official, uh, but certainly the trade has been broken by the likes of Elliot Friedman and Pierre Lebrun. So I want to I want to I want to compare two guys, okay? Yesy being one with Saskatchewan's own Tanner Janot. They've played the similar amount of games within one of each other. They have the similar amount of almost the exact stats: five goals, nine assists. Okay, one guy. Gets traded for what he got traded for today. We just talked about it. And Janot, I mean, come on. Nashville got a king's ransom in comparison. It's just funny how one asset looks different compared to the other. I know. He must have been talking to one of our coaches today that I just bumped into. He's like, 
Bob, Janot's got five goals this year. I'm like, well, he had 24 last season, led the league in fighting majors. And, uh, you know, Paul Yarby, Paul Yarby get, gets a real opportunity. They got the Finnish Mafia going in Carolina. I mean, he's got Sebastianajo, <laughs> one of the best two-way centermen in the league. Uh, in Janot's case, I'm sure the Edmonton Oilers kicked tires on Tanner Janot, but they weren't giving up five picks. And the explanation from Tampa Bay general manager uh, Julian Breezeball, who has proven to be, I'd say, in the cap world, uh, you know, they've played in three Stanley Cup finals. They've acquired Coleman and Goodrow for a couple, uh, that's Barkley Goodrow, for a couple runs. Last year they got Hagel for uh, two number ones and then prospects uh, Kachuk and Radish. Uh, and then they uh, made the five picks and they got foot back in that deal that Chicago, or, or uh, sorry, did uh, Nashville. So they would go out and they get, um, you know, a hard-nosed player in Tanner's and always represented uh, by David Kay, who I believe is uh, based in Saskatoon. And he is with the Sports Corporation with Jerry Johansson. And I know for a fact Nashville was trying to get him done on about a six-year deal at $2 million. Of course, uh, the Preds did that with Yarn Croak. And they signed a seven-year deal with Colton Sissons uh, about three years ago at about uh, twenty million bucks. Uh, what is that? Two point yeah, two seven point, million per yeah, year. Yeah. So, so anyhow, I mean, they like those longer-term deals. Um, he, I mean, Bracewell stepped up, gave him you know a first, second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth, and uh, and threw in Foot, who ironically enough was on the twenty eighteen World Junior Team uh, with Kachuk and Radish, all Tampa Bay prospects at one time. Mm-hmm. And so away you go. That trade gets those two trade. You know that trade gets made. So we've seen a lot of activity, and we've had a lot of activity ahead of the NHL trade deadline, which undoubtedly is probably scaring the crap out of the two major networks that are yeah. devoting you know wall to wall coverage with it. That's what I was saying. They're gonna they're gonna call Bob Stoffer in to juggle something or something there because it's crazy. Um, Matthias Ekholm and a sixth rounder to Edmonton, according to Elliot Friedman, Tyson yeah. Berry, Reed Schaefer, uh, first this year and a fourth. Uh, how do you feel about that trade once it's consummated? Well, it, and it is, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's still pending the trade call. Uh, Elliot's got wonderful sources. Hmm. Does my show every Friday. I'm not his source on this. I mean, he's you're talking about a guy that gets, you know, he's got direct access to every GM in the league. And, and here's the catch. Do you take a look at the NHL schedule tonight? No. You know who Nashville's playing? Just hop on your computer right now. Take a look at who they're playing. I will right now. Sorry, I was going to look at that, but I did not. Nashville Predators are playing at the top of my screen. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Penguins. So uh, that is a rematch of the Stanley Cup, but it's also a scenario where Ekholm gets told when he comes to the rank that he's been traded, and that's how stuff like that gets out. So, you know, all signs are pointing to us to come to fruition. Edmonton needed a defensive shutdown defender. They needed to improve their penalty killer. Ekholm can move the puck a bit. He's got real good analytics, 55% defensive zone start, 52% Corsi. That's pretty good on a team like Nashville. It's, you know, a... Probably going to miss the playoffs. Uh, Tyson Berry will be missed in Edmonton. He was mm-hmm. well liked in the locker room. Uh, Schaefer, ironically enough, out of the Western League, if you talk to some of your Western League buddies, would, would probably tell you that Reed Schaefer is probably the closest player to Tanner Janot that's currently in the WHL. Hmm, interesting. So, yeah, six foot four left shot. He's from Spruce Grove, Alberta. Uh, he did go 13 games without scoring a goal this year in Seattle. He's been on a line the last three or four games. With Dylan Gunther, the former Arizona first-round pick, and Brad Lambert, the Winnipeg first-round pick, so uh, Seattle's got six guys off the World Junior Team. They are loaded for bear. 
Uh, and so, I mean, you know, that's the cost of doing business. I'm happy Ken Holland did it. He stepped up. He moved Pulley out. Uh, and now, at some point, it would not surprise me if the Oilers, they still got about $450,000 cap space. That's about half of 900 k So maybe look at the $900,000 price point for some teams. And I think the cost for that is usually a second or third rounder if you can get a useful forward. So we'll keep an eye on that, Karen. Yeah, so you're you're thinking like uh, one of those ditch diggers that could help you kill penalties, win face-offs, that type of thing? Sure, like Nick Bugstead. That's a great, yeah, that's a great one right there for sure. Uh, so who uh, who runs the the back end of the power play? Like Tyson Berry was pretty prominent there. Yeah, Bouchard, I would guess, is going to get the first crack. But don't forget, for thirty games when Oscar Clefbaum got hurt a number of years ago, Darnell Nurse did, mm-hmm. and now that the Oilers have Ekholm, uh, that eases the workload on Nurse. I mean, Ekholm and Nurse are both. Nurse was playing 23 minutes, and CC was just playing over 20. Ekholm is going to play 21 and a half. The other thing it does is now we're like Vincent Dehernay is a, a six all day. I mean, he's blocked more shots yeah, in the last three good. games on the PK than some other guys have blocked all season on the penalty kill. Uh, the orders have something with him. He's only a 762,000 cap hit. And so basically, Broberg, Bouchard, and Dehernay are all on entry level deals at the NHL level. They're all cheap, and they're all going to get some time to play here. Interesting. Um, so you think there could be a couple of moves left? Um, oh, I think there's going to be a move for a forward at some point, yeah. Yeah. How, how are you? Like, the West is wide open, man. The East is like, a, you see the Leafs loading up. They're throwing everything in there, but Dubas has to or he's fired. Uh, they, they've got to do something there. But that's a, that's a murderer's row there. Whoever comes out of the wow. West, you know? I, well, I mean, we haven't seen Colorado make their move or Vegas make their move. Vegas is adding a forward. Chris McFarland uh, took over from Joe Sackick. And I remember, ironically, being in Nashville in sixteen seventeen, the year the Oilers made the playoffs uh, and went uh, two rounds that year, the Avalanche were horrendous. And I remember Chris telling me, speed, speed, speed. Our team's old and slow. We're going to completely turn it over. They got lucky because they ended up getting McCart four overall in his draft year. Uh, they've been a little bit unlucky with Byron with some of his injuries, but he's a hell of a defenseman that's got an offensive upside. Their whole game's predicated on speed. That's why they get the most power plays in the National Hockey League. And I think all day Colorado adds another top six forward here. And I think Vegas adds another top six forward. And I think the Oilers add another bottom what, six forward. What about a goalie for Vegas? Well, uh, Jonas Corposalo got pulled out of the lineup tonight for uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. He's a $1.8 million cap hit. And uh, Kelly McCrimmon is very much like, I mean, in the Western Hockey League, when when the Priestners bought the Saskatoon Blades, I remember telling Colin, who runs that team now, when Kelly calls, hang up. <laughs> You're not winning the trade, okay? So, so uh, you know, uh, Kelly's, Vegas is all in all the time. That You know, their, their owner, Tom Foley, 78 years of age. He wants to win a cup. The Oilers, this trade, once it officially gets announced, I don't know if it's officially come through since we've been on, uh, but it, you know, it's a pretty seismic trade for the Oilers, and we'll see where we go. Okay, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be very interesting. Listen, you mentioned one guy, and I want to get your take. Darnell Nurse is a very polarizing figure. What do you see? Like fans, fans love him, fans hate him. I've been on both sides, not hate, but I'm like, what is, what's going on here? How do you see Darnell this year? Do you know what his plus-minus has been with the Oilers? He's like plus 57 or plus 58 in his career. He's leading the team in plus-minus this year. He does not play first-unit power plays on an all-world power play. Mm -hmm. 
the Oilers, the Oilers are at thirty-one and a half percent right now. They got a chance. Uh, well, they were at, actually last night. I think after last night, they they were above the highest uh, power play percentage in NHL history in one season. Like he'd pick up between now and the end of the year in that power play, he'd pick up twelve to fifteen points. But as I mentioned, I think Bouchard's going to get the majority of the looks. It's tough for for um, defensemen to have close to 40-point seasons if they don't play on the power play. He doesn't play on the power play, and he's on pace for a 40-point season, and he's leading the team in plus-minus and leading the team in time on ice. And you know what? He's too important to fight. Sorry. that's just It's a different game now. 23-minute-a-game defenseman can't be sitting there fighting eight-minute-a-game forwards. That's the reality of the situation. You need other guys to do that. I'm fine with what Darnell brings. Um he, you know, he capital. The Oilers bridged him twice. His agency capitalized mm-hmm. on a 16 goal season. And the other thing is, the Oilers had lost in that summer. Both Oscar Kleffbaum had informed Ken Holland he was done, and uh, Adam Larson informed Ken Holland. Uh, your listeners are probably aware Adam Larson's dad died in Edmonton after a 30 hour flight, and the family was a really uh, hard thing for the family to deal with. And Adam wanted a new start elsewhere as he was starting a young family. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the orders lost. Ken Holland lost two of his top four defensemen and he had, and he only had three. <laughs> so he had <laughs> yeah. to get their size. Yeah. And so that's, you know, and that was the year of the nine million dollar defenseman. Jones got nine million. Zorensky got nine million in Columbus. He can't stay healthy. Nurse plays every game. I'm pretty comfortable with what Darnell is. And we're comfortable with you, Bob Stoffer. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Yeah, see ya. Bye bye. Take, take care. That's Bob Stoffer joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. We'll get to uh, our text. You can keep them coming. 936 6262. We got a beauty coming up here that I'll address. You're listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. We shot Kleisinger. I'm Michael Ball. Still to come, Glenn Suter will join us to wrap the show up. We got Pat Chat too. We'll hear from Pat's head coach and GM, John Paddock. They got a big weekend coming up three. In three nights, starting with Winnipeg on Friday, the Sports Cage will be live on location. We got this. Please, when you text us. Please leave your name. This is the last one I'm going to read without names. I would have kept Tyson Berry all day and got rid of Nurse. He sucks royally. <laughs> Oiler fan. Uh, hey, I've gone. Uh, I've gone both ways on um, on uh, Darnell Nurse. Oiler fans are a lot like Ryder fans. They love you till they hate you. There's no middle ground. They either love you or they hate you. Uh, all right. So. Uh, Speaking of hate or anger or people being upset, we've kind of stoked the fires over the last little bit, Zinger, uh, with current players, with former players, but more specifically with just fans and things like that. I got one here that is, it really takes the cake at 936-6262. It's a number you can text and keep your text coming. Powered by Capital Ford Lincoln. Thanks to them for getting on board. Uh, you could call that number locally to talk. I'm open for talk, okay? Yeah. Why don't you, if you want to send a text, if you want to send a text like this, that's fine, but I'd rather talk to you. I'd rather talk to you. Uh, or you can call toll free 1 767 0620. I just want to get her name first. Her name is Carol. I'll, I'll just go with her first name, okay? Now, I've had a week of complaints, but this one takes the cake. Here's what Carol says in bold letters. So, do I have to scream a little louder for that? I think so, yep. Please watch your language while you're talking on the radio. 
People have mostly stopped saying pissed off, and yet in the middle of your latest rant, you threw it in. <laughs> okay. But, sorry, but most of all, you should not be allowed to say, my God, as if he doesn't matter. He is my God, and it's a shame on you when you use his name so flippantly. Why can't you say my wife, or my dog, or please stop taking my Lord's name in vain, from Carol. Well, Carol, first of all, we appreciate your opinion. We respect it. You're entitled to your opinion. But your opinion, in my opinion, is wrong. Way off base. Saying my God is not the Lord's name in vain, okay? If I said GD or JC, then you've got a rightful complaint. You see, I am a church-going guy. I'm not a Bible thumper. I'm not a church-going, uh, I'm a church-going guy, but not a Bible thumper. I was an altar server for 21 years. In fact, my son's grade eight was it his grade 8? Yeah, his grade 8 grad. Or maybe it was his grade 12 grad. My son's grade 12 grad, I was an altar server at it. My, me, at 40 years old, I was up there on the... I would have been a priest. I wanted to be a priest, but priests aren't allowed to be married, so I wasn't a member of the clergy. So no, Carol, you're wrong. Don't call in here trying to... Do we have to be pissed off? Do we have to be mad at everything? Do we have to be mad at everything? Honestly, in this world, if you're not offended, you don't fit in. Like, just stop it. Just stop it, okay? Here's the thing. I, I want all the listeners I can get. I, appre I appreciate people that listen. A lot of people listen that don't like me. They just want to see what you and I have to say. But nobody... And I mean, nobody is making you listen to me, okay? So if you don't like it, and if you're pissed off, then go do something else. Read a book. Watch The View. Do something else. This is a sports show. And in sports, you get ticked off. So we use some colorful language sometimes. On a broadcast, I say, oh, my God, he caught that. Is that, is, did I offend a religious person? I'm going to tell you something right now. My buddy, Father Joe Balzer, who was my priest at Holy Child Church back in the day, I always loved when it was Sunday. He was a season ticket holder for the Riders, and he would never do the homily. He would get up, he, the homilies of the sermon, okay? He would, he would, whatever, read the gospel, and then after the gospel, he would do his homily for five or ten minutes. At the start of Mass, he would say, Folks, riders are playing Hamilton today at one. This will be the fastest Mass you're ever at. No homily. Let's go. And that's how we do it. And he was a priest. Would you be offended? I laughed. I always loved it. <laughs> anyway, keep the text coming. 936-6262. I'm sorry if I made you mad. No, I'm not. <laughs> 5.30.
31 with the sports ticker for Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz, Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. The Nashville Predators, they're trading Matthias Ekholm to Edmonton in exchange for Tyson Berry, Reed Schaefer, and a 2023 first-round pick and a fourth-round pick. So trades happening all across the board in the National Hockey League ahead of the NHL trade deadline. The Raptors back on the court tonight at home versus the Chicago Bulls. The Raps are currently in the ninth spot in the Eastern Conference, which is good enough to be entered in for one of those play-in spots in the play-in tournament. A lot of work to do, though, to stay there. News from the NBA today, Charlotte Hornets' LaMelo Ball will miss the remainder of the season due to a fractured right ankle. Let's head ringside and check in with the oldest major junior hockey team in Canada. This is Pat Jacks from your official voice of the Red Shana Pats, 620 CKRM. Poked into the middle, intercepted. Suskalev's got a partial breakaway to the net. Scores! Pat Chat is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Check out everything on the CBH's new feature menu at CanadianBrewHouse.com. I talk with Regina Pat's head coach and GM John Paddock about how the game is officiated these days. Uh, this goalie interference getting a bit carried away for my liking. I just want your thoughts. Yeah, well, certainly when it goes against you, but their guy clearly pushed our guy in, and that becomes a different story as far as goalie interference. Mm-hmm. That's part of it that we can't review. They, they can't, officials can't review because basically it's the facilities in our league don't right. allow such in-depth so in all buildings. So yeah, it was it was tough to take. And I'm more of the frame from mind that those kind of things are even kicking the puck, um, directing it like we need. We need more offense all the time, so I would lean the other way on making those calls. Yeah, you know, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I brought it up with a former referee, Dave Jackson. I, I'm in favor of kicking the puck, like kicking it more. I, I think that's an art form. Our rule is a little bit different than NHL, and if you remember in the Memorial Cup, it's, it's different with CHL rules. Our league allows a little more flexibility in that. Mm-hmm. We had a goal in one of the games in the World Cup by Emil Oxenson, that he actually kicked the puck outside the crease, up, trying to kick it up to a stick, and it went in, but they disallowed it. Mm-hmm. In a regular season, that would have been allowed. Interesting. How do you feel about that? Because I asked you, your uh, colleague there, Ken Schneider, about this. When I watch football in October, you hit a, a guy below the knees, a quarterback, it's a penalty, and it's also a penalty, say, in July or February, whenever. In hockey, you cross-check a guy in October, it's cross-checking. You cross-check him in April, it's not cross-checking. How do you feel about that? Penalty should be called, you know, whatever time of the year it is, but I'm also a old enough and traditionalist enough that I think there's a little bit more let go in the spring. The Regina Pats play three and three nights this weekend. The first one is a nationally televised game at the Brandt Center. Our pregame show on 620 CKRM begins at 635 with Dante DiCaria. We'll actually be live on the concourse with a special sports cage. Make sure you tune in. Every time Saskatchewan gets in second or long, they've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzed, he's had success. And it's picked up by Suter. He runs it out of bounds. It's 
time for press coverage as former writer greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Rider Nation. All right, Glenn Suter joining us. Suits, nice to talk to you again. Um, so, <laughs> the XFL ratings are back for a second week in a row, and Canada has... Well, uh, America has nine times the population of Canada, so a lot more opportunities to watch. And their ratings are uh, on par with a lot of CFL games or a lot less than a lot of CFL games. I think that pretty well blows up the narrative that we need to worry about the XFL. Oh, that's the big step to save the league. We need to combine ourselves with the XFL. Uh, You and I were laughing about that way back in the day. Yeah, yeah, and I was... You know, you can go back and, and find tape on these same discussions when it was the USFL and Donald Trump was part of it or the, um, you know, the different versions of the XFL. You know, at the at the end of the day, spring leagues and, and leagues not named the NCAA or NFL are not going to work in the United States. They just They just have not in the past and they will not now. I mean... A lot of people felt that the celebrity angle with The Rock was going to make a huge difference. And and I love The Rock. Don't get me wrong. I love him as an actor. I love that he tried out in, in Calgary. Um, you know, I, I, I think he's a great guy. But it it doesn't change the fact that you've got a multi-million dollar league because that's how much it costs you to run a football league coming off the heels of two tries at it from Vince McMahon, who, who, as you know, Michael, was maybe and is maybe the number one promoter of sports entertainment or wrestling entertainment um, in, in the United States. I mean, he's one of the top guys when it comes to promoting a new entertainment entity, mm-hmm. and it didn't work with him twice. And never, so, and, know, never but, and, and never mind Dick Ebersole from NBC Sports, who's put on exactly. Super Bowls and everything. So, exactly, and and you know, but here's here's another thing. I'll I'll take the discussion in a different direction because. Well, it, Glenn, can know, I stop a, you for a second? And you could probably yeah. agree. I. Because I've been accused of this on Twitter. I don't want the XFL to fail. I'm all for no, people. I'm all for people getting extra opportunities to play. I really am. XFL, USFL. What I am not in favor of is diminishing our game while you're trying to spread that narrative and cheer on that te- that that league or those leagues. That's what I'm trying to point out here. Yeah, and I, and I think that a lot of the people who do that. Um, I'm not sure they even understand that they are devaluing Canadian football, pro football, with over 100 years of history by even comparing it to any of these startup temporary leagues uh, that are really just farm systems. You know, and and I'll take it to the player aspect, too. If, If I'm a player or a player agent, I am really concerned with my athlete or me as I'm trying to protect my own career as a as an athlete, I am really concerned with the play with the field conditions and the fact that it is a major that Vegas field to spray paint the entire field green is uh just a you know <laughs> just a, a, a first of all it's a bad look, but it's not safe and you know, if if players were leaving to go for a better opportunity in the NFL, do you think 
do you really think the NFL is going to even, you know, they, they might want to even be arms reach away from this league if they are going to, you know, show the red flag of, of agreeing to play on that Vegas field for two years. They, they've, they've agreed to play there for all their home games for two years. I mean, that, uh, you know, it's, it's one thing to have a temporary field for a one-off and a neutral site game or something like that. But even then, the NFL Players Association or the CFL Players Association, the two pro leagues in the world, they will not allow their players to play on an unsafe playing surface. There's no way that would be permitted, you know, on a regular basis. It wouldn't even be permitted in a neutral site game. I mean, when we played in Halifax or when the NFL plays in Europe, I guarantee you they are making sure that the playing surface is safe for pro football. Well, they made the preseason game between the Packers and Raiders in Winnipeg, what, a makeshift 80-yard field because they couldn't get it right. Like, they, they literally said, no, we're not doing that, and that's what they did. Glenn, though, here's the interesting thing. You used to, you had an opportunity to go play in Donald Trump's USFL. Yeah, yeah. I, there was a coach that uh, coached at Simon Fraser University, and that's where I played my college ball. Um, and he was an assistant coach uh, down with, I believe it was Herschel Walker's team in L.A. And, um, yeah, he, he had sent me a letter saying he, he wanted me to come down and try out and sign a contract. And at the time, I, I waited. You know, I thought this, this maybe is, um, would be an interesting adventure. I certainly want to play. I wanted to play pro football. It was a passion. So, um, you know, it was it was actually considered. But, you know, I just looked at and thought of the stability. I'd wait for the Canadian Football League draft when I got drafted to Saskatchewan and knew I was coming to that marketplace, to that passion for football that the province of Saskatchewan brings to the table every single game and every single year. It, it was at that point. It was no. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna roll the dice on a startup league when I've been drafted. You know, first pick of the second round to a team, and I'm gonna have a real decent and honest look to actually make the football team in Saskatchewan. Whereas I would have had to deal with the politics in the USFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glenn Suter joining us here for Press Coverage. And Press Coverage is brought to you by our friends at Quality Tire with nine locations in Saskatchewan. Check them out at qualitytire.ca. A couple other things I talked about uh, both on the show Friday and then (laughs) kind of got spilled over, retweeted onto Twitter, and people were up in arms. So I'm going to bring this up to you because you've been in the league. You've been in situations. I, Michael Ball, let's get this Let's get this clear, okay? Michael Ball said, I find it hard to believe that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers can re-sign all of their guys except lose two. Michael Couture, who went to BC because that's where he's from, and Greg Ellingson went to Montreal, but they replaced him with a more expensive option in Kenny Lawler. I have a tough time believing that everybody re-signed in Winnipeg because it's a culture thing uh, in the CFL, which generally stands for cash flow low. You know, Rashid Bailey, his agent, sniffing around, said he, Rashid wants 160. I have found from very reliable sources, although people think I don't have any sources, that he settled for under 
100000 in Winnipeg. So why would a guy leave that much money on the table to go to Winnipeg? Talk about that. Is that do you really believe that could be the case? Well, I, I believe there is something to be said about uh, the culture and a locker room and, you know, a marketplace where you feel great, you feel comfortable, your family's happy. Uh, you know, in, in your negotiation as a free agent, if you were looking at between, you know, let's say 10, 20, or maybe even pushing 30000 in in, you know, different offers, like thirty thousand dollars was the difference, or let's let's say twenty. Thirty is probably right at the threshold where it all of a sudden does become, uh, you know, maybe a, 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 an amount of money that will change your mind and that you will leave a good culture, a good locker room. Uh, I believe that that to be true. That you know, when you're comfortable in a place, I, I believe it because. I, I thought it at times. I remember when Bill Baker was the general manager in Saskatchewan and we were taking pay cuts for different reasons, but there was opportunities where I had heard rumors that, you know, BC would be interested in some other teams if I became a free agent and decided never to because I love the, I, like I said, I love, I love the passion atmosphere of playing in Taylor Field. Those locker rooms were great. We had great leadership in there. I loved our quarterback situation. You know, I just didn't want to mess with that for a few thousand dollars after taxes. Now, Rasheed Bailey, that's that's an interesting. If if the numbers are correct and and you turn down sixty, I can totally understand, Michael, why you would say, whoa, 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 that you know. Well, it might be a case. Gonna, it, it might be a case here where his agents asking for one sixty, and maybe nobody was going to offer him that. But maybe it was thirty thousand more. For, you know what I'm saying? Like he, he, that's what his agent was asking for. So if his agent's asking for that, and he settles for much less, I just it makes me scratch my head. I I have a tough time believing everybody stays in the fold for pay cuts because. The, the argument I get is, well, playoff bonuses, and that is true. And Winnipeg has been the preeminent team, and they have been around the playoffs. But that's poor negotiating because <laughs> playoffs aren't guaranteed. We saw that in Rider Nation. When we come back, I want to get uh, your thoughts on a comment from Craig Dickinson and also my Nathan Rourke thoughts, which got people fired up too. This is the Sports Cage, and this is press coverage for Quality Tire on 620 CKRM. <laughs> This Day in Sports History, brought to you by Capital Ford Lincoln on the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua, February 28, 2010. Again, let's go! And why wouldn't it be Sidney Crosby? Vancouver Winter Olympics, Sidney Crosby scoring the game-winning goal off a pass from Jerome Ginla, 7 minutes and 40 seconds into overtime for Canada, gaining victory over the United States of America. The puck has been sent to the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the sports cage. Right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. That used to be Glenn Suter's old booth mate there, Chris Cuthbert. And I'll tell you what, uh, that call from CC Suits goes right down with Foster Hewitt or Dan Kelly from the 87 Canada Cup. Gretzky to Lemieux. That one goes down. That's iconic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and you know what? He... 
He had as much passion and still has as much passion for calling Canadian Football League games as he does for the gold medal game or a Stanley Cup final. And if you talk to Chris, and I know you have before, he will tell you that. I can I can tell you it's not fake. It's it's totally sincere. He absolutely loves Canadian football. Yeah, it's great. I like him. That's one of the reasons I like him. Okay, Suits, Canadian football. Nathan Rourke leaves the British Columbia Lions. He goes to Jacksonville, and I got people mad uh, this week, too, when I said, I have a feeling the NFL is going to screw this kid. Um, and they're like, you don't want him to succeed. No, I want him to succeed. I think given the opportunity, he's better than a third of the junk playing quarterback down there. My problem is, is I think he's already behind the eight ball because they re, you just got to look at the numbers. They re-signed CJ Beathard and guarantee there's a lot of cash on the table for CJ Beathard. Yeah. Yeah. And, and big signing bonus and, um, guaranteed money and things like that. Yeah, it, you know, I, I've heard many people say, and I think actually Luke and, and you were discussing it, and, and Luke mentioned that, you know, money plays in the NFL. When when they draft a guy in the first round or they, they bring in a quarterback or they sign a quarterback and they give him a big signing bonus and, and guaranteed money, that, that that quarterback is going to make the roster. Now, now I would ask uh, just a regular sports fan, you know, is – is that the right way to judge who should be playing on the field or not? Because I would suggest it's not. No, it's not. If you're, if you're deciding that a kid that you drafted in the first round is going to make your roster because you've invested $5 million in a a signing bonus and you've already made the decision he's on your roster, then your team is possibly not as good as it could be if the guy that didn't get all that money and maybe came from a different league or walked on to a training camp but was better and you cut him because of a signing bonus. So I, because there's more money and because that's their system does not make it better. Dane Evans now with the BC Lions. Uh uh I guess the third string quarterback although I find that hard to believe if I was to walk and look at a I'm serious. Take yes, last year. Well, no, factor in last year. If you gave me a roster and said these are the three quarterbacks to work with, I would line them up. Number one, Dane Evans. Number two, Vernon Adams Jr. Number three, Dom Davis. What do you make of what's going on at BC? Is that a commentary on BC's lack of confidence or uneasiness with Vernon Adams? No, they were very careful to, uh, as soon as they signed Dane Evans, to put out there that it's it's Vernon Adams' job that he is the number one quarterback and he will be in the training camp, you know. But I've always said you, you're the number one guy in any position until you're not. And whatever reason that changes, it it can change and it will change. And that's the one thing that's consistent about professional sports is that there will always be change. But you know, I, I think they have really strengthened. I mean this. The BC Lions, you know, they they signed Sean Lemon on defense. Mm-hmm. They bring they bring in two established veteran quarterbacks with different, slightly different styles that can both be successful in the league and have proven it in different ways. Um, I I think they're they've done a really nice job of building. You know, Amar Doman is probably not making football decisions. But I guarantee he said to, you know, you guys build the best team you can and don't worry about the rest of it. And I'm not saying that they're exceeding the cap or anything like that. I just mean 
you know, he's trusting the experts in football to go out and get the job done. I think they may have the strongest quarterback, uh, one of the strongest quarterback uh, rooms in the in the league right now because of what they've done. Mm-hmm. That's a great combination. You're on our airwaves quite a bit during the season. You're around all the teams, but you're the lead analyst in the CFL. I'm the voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, I, I don't. Like it's not my jo- I'm not employed by the Riders. I am the voice, so I I'm kind of partial to the team, no doubt about it. Uh, but hey, I called them out too. But I have to. I've been sticking up for them on online recently because I I just I can't. This narrative that this team is a mess. Like sometimes we are we are prisoners of the moment. They had two pretty good years. Like hey, when Glenn Suter was drafted to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and came here in 1984, guess what? Young Michael Ball was in the stands, okay? He was a 12-year-old dude watching this team, and this team, no offense, but it was garbage. And it was garbage for a lot of years. From 76 to 88, maybe 87 it started the turn, but we didn't have a home we didn't even have a play we didn't even make the playoffs. So Sometimes we're prisoners of the moment, and I refuse to believe this team is an absolute mess. I think they had a really bad year where everything that could go wrong did go wrong. On paper suits, I like what they did in free agency. They cut some of the dead weight. They added some good pieces, some solid pieces. Just your perception on what's going on with the Rough Riders. Yeah, no, uh, this, they have done a really good job in the offseason of, first of all, addressing the most important question, which was who's going to play quarterback. And they, they, have, they have addressed that and brought in arguably probably the, the, the biggest name in free agency. I mean, once Bo decided and he mm-hmm. wasn't a free agent, but, but the biggest name, and they bring him in, and, and, and now they feel real good in that position. Even if there's challengers behind Trevor, it's – it's a, it, you know, it solidifies the most important position on the field and the guy you got to have. So they've done that. They've improved their own line. I mean, yeah, there's still work to do. We'll see what the draft brings. We'll see what they can do, um, you know, possibly in, in signing some other guys. But uh, it's it's not it's not a mess. I, I listened to your your interview with Coach Dickinson, and you know, I. I liked that he was, you know, saying it like he felt. Like, like sometimes people take it too far, and it's this gloom and doom that hangs over not only just the team but the league, and it's not. That's not the case. They are working every day on building the best roster they can put together, and then that's not going to even be enough to win and to be great. You have to have those good players, but then they all have to believe in each other and they have to take ownership in the room. And that has to be built by the coaching staff all the way down, and that's Craig Dickinson's challenge coming up. But this whole idea, and it goes to the league office too, Michael, this whole idea that we should take a survey of a 1,000 people and, and base all of our policy on the answers in that survey. That's just crazy to me because... You know, I'll, I'll make the comparison of if I had to go in for, you know, medical surgery on my gallbladder or something. Am I going to take a survey of a thousand fans to see the best way to do that? No, because the thousand fans, with all due respect, I want their opinion on football and what entertains them and things like that. But with all due respect, they're not qualified to decide whether or not the players are good enough or not good enough. I mean, it's 
and I don't mean to be disrespectful to well, the fans when I say that. I, I'm saying that the fans' opinion is important. Well, which fan? Which fans are they surveying? Because to use your gallbladder analogy, if I'm going to go and decide the best uh, best form of getting gallbladder surgery, I don't want patients who got a knee surgery, hip replacement, or their tonsils out. That's not that's not where I want my advice. I want people that went through gallbladder surgery. I want people to watch football, not people that watch cricket. Yeah, exactly, and 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 you know sometimes we're we're judging sort of a fan response by two or three people on Twitter. Well, those people may be just doing that just to do exactly what's happening is to have us to, to talk about it, and they probably and, and maybe some of them don't even go to games, don't even know football, don't even watch it, but they're weighing in on the quality of a head coach. I mean, uh, again, uh, I would suggest that if. If football experts and former players and former coaches and people in the media that have covered the game their entire lives, if they start saying that the coach isn't getting it done, well, then now you have some expertise behind that opinion. But if you're if you're just walking up and anecdotally talking to somebody in the street and you say, what do you think of Craig Dickinson? Mm-hmm. And they say, I think he sucks. I'm going to say, well, with all due respect, you're not qualified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Hey, the one thing that we can't deny, good or bad, and I want it to be positive, is that we're talking CFL football in the dead of winter. And I think we need more of that right across the country. That's what I aim to do here on this show. And that's why we're going to do the CFL draft from pillar to post here on the radio. Never been done before. And I'd like you to be a part of it uh, here or there during the during the night. I am I am 100% in, and let's keep talking about it. And, you know, I, I feel like at times that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to defend it. And I'd rather be, you know, I, I use the analogy when I talk about music and how some people, whenever I say I love country music, they say, well, how do you like that? Because the dog leaves, the car breaks down, and the wife. And, and that old joke. And I said, you know, that's a lazy narrative, and that's not what country music is. You haven't listened to it. And I try to sell my, you know, I try to sell to them why I love country music. Mm-hmm. And, and rather, rather than criticize what they love, maybe they're heavy metal guys. Okay, I don't know heavy metal. Sell me on heavy metal. Maybe I'll go to a concert. I don't know. Let, I, I love doing that. You do it on your show. I love being part of that. So I'm, I'm all in for whatever you need come draft day. Well, I need you on Thursday. We'll talk to you then. Okay, sounds good, Michael. Thanks. It's Glenn Suter, press coverage for quality tire. That'll do it for the show. If you missed any of the show, which is brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries, check it out in podcast form. We'll yeah. be back tomorrow. We have got Ryan oh, Getzlaff yeah. on the show, one of the greatest Canadian players of all time from our city right That's here. Right. Awesome. What time? 5.05? 5.05 tomorrow. We got lots going on on the show. Make sure you tune in. Today's sports cage has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.